Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Unsafe Space. I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined as almost always by Carrie Smith. Hello, Carter. Carrie, how you doing? I'm good. I'm real excited about tonight. Me too. Uh, we have the opportunity tonight to uh, to speak with Az from Heels versus Babyface. One of my questions is going to be why that's the name of his show. So hopefully he'll tell me. Um, <laughs> but uh, you may have also have seen him on Friday Night Tights. I think that's how, Carrie, that's how you met him, right? Through Friday Night Tights. Um, yeah. As joined YouTube in 2012 to escape the rat race, but everything changed in 2018 when he moved his content direction into pop culture and the disillusion disillusionment of the great geek franchises. You can find Heel versus Babyface on YouTube. We'll put the link below uh, and on Twitch, and you can follow him on Twitter at Heel versus Babyface. As thanks so much for joining us on Unsafe Space today. Hi, how you doing? Good to see you, Carrie again. Uh, good to see you sir, for the first time. Oh, it's good good to meet you is the phrase usually in english we use in in the americas in the Words colonies that's what we say yeah, i've just, I've just come from a two and a half hour one so yeah i bring it first of all damn. thank you for doing this with us on a day when you've already been doing videos and also for being patient because we had no i had very spotty power last week so i appreciate uh, it <clears throat> and i, yeah, I don't know say, how you do i can't after like a two-hour show i'm drained i don't know how you can do more so, well, I, yeah. I, that's the trick. I drained myself. Then I then I came back. So when you, that's <laughs> kind of feeling pretty I good. See. Is that TMI? I don't know. It's sharing is caring, I think. I see. I see. Accurate, yeah. Well, I wouldn't be offensive if you were some sort of alphabet person and that involves something uh, out of the ordinary, but uh, I'm a little bit offended. Okay. I think you're just a regular old hetero cis guy you know yeah 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 cis yeah. white heteronormative <laughs> what are all your boxes yeah yeah I, I wanted to so so i also wanted to ask you about your uh how you came up with the name for your show hill versus babyface did you pick that name at the very beginning in 2012 um yeah this is the uh the first and only and original name for the channel and uh, the reason why I, I picked it was um, one, one of the pastimes that I enjoyed, used to enjoy anyway, uh, was a bit of wrestling. And uh, I wanted to, to come up with a name for my YouTube channel that uh, dealt with both good and bad. Uh, because I'd be dealing with good things, I'd be dealing with not so good things. I myself could be the good guy or the bad guy, depending on which point of view you were coming at the uh, material from. And so uh, in wrestling terminology, uh, a heel is a bad guy and a babyface is a good guy. Oh. Uh, so I'm the heel versus babyface. I am the alpha and the maker. I am the good, I am the bad. I am the right, I am the wrong. Uh, so, you know, I, I wanted to to kind of have those, those polars. And uh, judging by... Uh, because <laughs> I used to specifically deal with one uh, topic, which was uh, World of Warcraft, a video game. Oh, so, right on. Yeah, depending on my spin on on whatever they were doing, um, you know, you could easily perceive me as a as a bad guy. So I I, ha I used to have quite a a polarizing audience, in as much as I have other people that come along and enjoy, you know, listening to the rants. And then I'd have the people that were coming to tell me how wrong I was, you know. So um, I, I used to have this uh, very, very kind of like split, split audience. And because I was, I could 
criticize and speak negatively in an age where everyone was happy, shiny people. And uh, you, ha if you appease to Blizzard Entertainment, then you, you might get invited to go over there. That's how they used to do it. They used to invite content creators who spoke very positively uh, about their product over there. And and it dawned on me very early that I, I couldn't do that. I, it's just It just was against my nature. Um, maybe I'm just a brash, outspoken Yorkshireman. I don't know. Uh, but I just couldn't, I couldn't do that. I couldn't be that content creator that was just like, so today this is this content's dropped and it's great. You should go try it out. And you know, I, I come on, be like, oh, shite, shite. No, you would never well, be can see one of the. That, uh, I imagine. I mean, yeah, that's, you know, I can't well, imagine you as like an Instagram influencer where you're like, <laughs> this is my favorite product. <laughs> oh, I, I, look, I get. I mean, I'm just, I just don't want to weird or, or flexy. My my email box is is like chock full of. We would love to, to advertise with you. And um, well, half the time it's it's con men trying to get hold of your uh, your telephone number and stuff like that, uh, and the other half of the time it's people just like we wanted to support this video game, and then we were like a, a five minute video about how great it is, and I'm just like, no, <laughs> no, it's not how it works. Uh, if you want me to look at your video game, then I should tell people what they think of your video game. Um, so so over the years they sort of die down as, as people kind of, oh, heel face is Bayface. He's the guy that, you know, he'll say what he wants to say. We can't make him say certain things. But I think it makes it more impactful if you do have something very positive to say about something because people then say, oh, well, you know, if this is a guy who who's not afraid to criticize, if this is a person who's not afraid to, you know, to speak his mind, actually says, hey, guys, this is actually really good, um, then they can, you know, take it, probably more convincingly that yes i'm i'm, I'm coming from a, a a place where i'm being authentic for you as opposed to somebody who who might not who might have an agenda yeah absolutely i mean we all notice that when people if someone's willing to criticize things and then they suddenly have something nice to say uh you believe them more i think that makes sense it's legitimate so I well just, I, I you blew my mind because i thought it has something to do with stepping on babies and there was some kind of <laughs> dark thing going on there but it's a rest. It's a wrestling, it's a wrestling terminology. Thing. That's cool. very tame. It's very tame indeed. <laughs> On our show, I'm the heel and Carter's the baby face. Um, oh, there's a we have a super. My youthful appearance is what does it. Dick Hard, the couch guy, says, "Oh God, <laughs> as in an almost semi-serious environment, you look positively nervous. We're we're just here knitting. Don't worry." <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm here to ruin the show. Don't worry about it. Okay. We have a lot of knitters who watch, so that's not unusual. Something um, knitting. Yeah. By, exactly. by the way, we actually had a super chat before the show started that was uh, says, <laughs> actually, it's from someone named As Gobbles on Gary's Fun Box. So obviously, some insider information. <laughs> and uh, and and he or she asks uh, or Zer asks when your gay Santa book with Gary will be coming out. Uh, Gary and I have been we've been ridiculously busy recently. We haven't even had time to. To deal in the minutiae of it, we haven't even time to thrash it out. I'll just be perfectly honest. I ain't gonna bullshit. Um, it's an idea. It's a concept that we we want to run with, um, and we'll, we'll just have to to see what comes into fruition. But uh, needless to say, uh, we didn't realize how how crazy twenty twenty one was going to take off. Yeah. Um, and so, from a from a physical standpoint, we have both just been 
chock a block. I mean, we 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 text each other constantly on the phone and stuff, and it's not it's normally just like this has just happened, that's just happened, um, and and you know just trying to have normalcy with with conversations about how's life, how's the wife, you know, how's stuff going, um, but we haven't had time to really thrash something substantial out when we're both just kind of like stretched for uh for time as it is yeah well whatever it is i'm sure gay santa will be brave and stunning like santa's so. ex-husband I'm that's a... what we, as, as a we wanted <laughs> we wanted to do as a uh as a response to um daniel kibblesmith's santa's husband oh, um, i don't even know about this what's this oh uh daniel kibblesmith um he has uh he's he's rich um I don't know how, possibly through family. He used to write for Fallon, I believe. Um, he he uh, then went into a little bit of comics. He was on You've Got a Millionaire. Uh, I'm a ho and I want to date a millionaire type of program in America. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah one of those. You got, okay. got one of those. And uh, he was on that. And uh, holy shit, that guy. Oh, no, he don't want to be with women. He doesn't even want to kiss a woman. Um, and so uh, he created a book anyway called uh, Santa's Husband, uh, where Santa was a, a black Santa and he was married to a white Santa. And uh, it was uh, about how, um, oh God, how accepting we should be and all this kind of stuff. And I think that was, I think it's made in really bad faith because to me, Christmas is for kids. That's who it's for. Yeah. It's for kids. It's for yeah. kids. It's already uh, accepting. It's Christmas. Well, no, it, it wasn't accepting of Christmas, Kerry. It was oh. accepting that Santa likes men. Okay. That's, what it, that's what it was meant to be accepting of. You know, it had nothing to do with Christmas at all. It was, it was unfortunately, what, what happens, as we see with SJW uh, people, they take something beloved and they pervert it. They pervert it to uh, meet their own criteria. And so they took something... Uh, which is for kids and, and joyful and meant to be a, a time of, of uh, family and friends and forgiveness and all that kind of stuff with Christmas. And then they wanted to put their propaganda into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and to me, that's, that's very bad faith because to me, just let kids grow up. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't force uh, anything down my child. I wouldn't force heterosexuality down my child. I would just want my child to, to grow up. I would just want them to have a a, a great childhood, um, hopefully a safe childhood, uh, and allow them to to make the mistakes which we'll all make, uh, to allow them to 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 be there if they want to question anything. Uh, but I want them to have their own life experiences. I, I get very frustrated nowadays when we we have uh, so many people trying to force. Uh, so many horrible things on onto John. I say horrible things. Uh, you know, you had the kid who was doing the dancing uh, drag in in drag, and oh, he had yeah. adults, like you know adults like egging it on, and 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 to me that's just that is absolutely disgusting. Giving him dollar bills. Yeah, yeah you, you are. You have. I remember as a kid, my mind was all over the place. You know, I didn't know whether I was coming or going. Uh, I didn't even, even into my mid to late teens, you know, I, I ain't sorted anything out. I, I ain't worked anything out in my head. 
you know, one day I'd go to school, there'd be a girl I'd talk to. The next day I'd go to school, same girl, I'm getting a boner about her. I don't know what the hell's going on with my body. Do I like it? Do I not like it? I don't think I do, but I think I do. I so you're all over the place as regards to how you feel about things, how you, how you, uh, how your body feels about things. And, and the last thing that you need is, is, is uh, propaganda information trying to push you into a pathway or force you into a pathway or uh, trying to say, hey, come down this route. This route's so great. When you have no under true understanding of what it is. Um, and that's why I said I, I would never force anything onto my child. If my child came up to me um, and said, hey, dad, uh, I think I might be gay. Uh, I'd be going, okay, do you want to talk about it? And I'd sit down and have a talk about it with them. Or if I had my kid come up to me and say, hey, dad, um, there's, a, there's a girl at school and uh, I, kind of, I kind of really like her and I don't know what to do. Again, we'll talk about it. If you want to talk about it, we'll talk about it. But I want, I want you to experience it. You know, I want, I want life to organically happen for you. Uh, I, I don't want you to feel forced or pressured into situations uh, because some people are putting bright lights and sparkly sounds on it and saying, hey, come down our come down our route. And that's why I think things like the Santa's husband with Daniel Kibblesmith is, is done in bad taste because just, just leave kids alone. Yeah. yeah. There's something predatory about forcing yeah, children yeah, to confront so. issues they're not ready to confront. Exactly. Right? No, matter, no matter what they are. And most kids don't care who Santa sleeps with. That's not on their mind. So, so to have to introduce that into them and talk about Santa's sexuality in is is a predatory behavior because it's it's putting something it's spotlighting something that is not even in the kids context of knowledge you're not even thinking about that likely hmm. no so it, you're making me that. never yeah you're making me think of i wanted to look it up so i got the age right but here in the states in california they introduced a bill this was 2019 um where they would be changing sex ed across the state and starting in the seventh grade, their sex ed would be including information about fisting Jeez. and blood play. Yeah. Masturbation. Wait, what grade? What more. grade? Seventh. Yes. Seventh grade? Yeah. This was Bill AB 329. And as a parent, you had to opt out. Like you had to take extra steps to make sure your kids weren't learning about stuff. Like, and again, it's like seventh graders don't need to know about that. Hmm. <laughs> Like, I didn't learn about blood play until I was like 30 something. And I still don't really like the it, idea. Yeah, It's just, I'm sorry. I got it gross, but yeah, it's weird. I think we're culturally, we're in a time where we're just asking, we're telling, we're putting things on kids that kids have never had to think about before, including this whole idea of like choosing what, what biological sex you are. You know, that's something that previously has only affected, you know, less than 1% of kids have ever struggled with that. And now we're saying to 100% of kids, this is something you have to determine. You have to figure this out. It's like, what's your what's your sex? What's your gender? And and that was never a question that came up for most kids. Now it's like, oh, I got to, this is being put on me. It's something that we decide. Um, I I know we're getting a little serious, as, but I wanted, to, no, no, I wanted no. to take it back for a second. Can I ask you about, this is something Carter mentioned before we started. And I was wondering too, I was checking out your, your uh, videos. No, fist me. No. <laughs> this is we not unless weird... he bought me lunch and, and flowers first, at least. Probably some chocolates. Here, I have, I have this thing. I happen to have this sitting what? on my desk. It looks like it looks like I'm kind of ready. 
Well, that looks so like it's just that? the trainer fist, you know. That's like it's actually it's actually just stress putty because I'm fucking the stressful person. Oh. But it, it, yeah, I don't know. Well, it bothered, we're talking about fisting, and it, yeah, okay. I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm sorry. <laughs> By the way, can I? And I want to thank Jeremy who sent us a super chat and says Cable Smith did Safe Space and Snowflake. Enough said. Mm. Now that I know, that's who that was. It's the guy. Remember oh. Safe Space and Snowflake? Those horrible characters. That's yeah. Kibble Smith. Okay. Yeah, the characters that were so um, that were so meant to be. Uh, uh, what's your rule on fruity language? You can swear. You can we you just... can have fruit. Uh, somebody who was who was uh, working for Marvel and Marvel was so desperate to give a fuck you to Comicsgate uh, and to the people who had who had gone to make their own independent work that they were just like, hey, we can create these characters to which you keep taking the piss out of, and and people will buy them. And even even the the like the trans communities and all that kind of stuff were like, are you fucking taking the piss? Are you taking the piss out of it? <laughs> yeah, then, even they. Yeah, normal normies are looking at it and just laughing their tits off anyway. So they're just they're just seeing that stuff and just wetting itself. And Joe Rogan gets onto Joe Rogan with Kurt uh, Metzer, and the, and they're going through that. And it's like when you've got normies uh, who are just looking at you and crying, laughing. Yeah. That that's the everyday person. That's their response to ever buying a comic again. Um, right. And that's why they won't get it. And then when we got the, the people who you're trying to pander to, because this isn't about what you have to, well, you more than likely do understand, and probably a lot of the audience do understand it, is when we reduce this down, none of this is about inclusion and diversity. None of it. Of that's a lot of bollocks. It's all an absolute load of bollocks. It's all about point scoring. It's all about power plays. It's all about trying to control. It's got nothing. Daniel Kibblesmith, you don't give two shits about if you're trans or gay or anything like that. You don't give a toss. It's all about pandering to, to these people. It's all about pandering to a vocal minority who in themselves, uh, the vast majority of them are, are, are cosplaying this, this lifestyle. Yeah, you know, they, don't, they don't believe they're it. They're not either. actually. Yeah, it's like trans no, trenders. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's a it's yeah, it's a complete fabrication for them too. You know, three years later, the board are off Twitter. They're married. They got two kids. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. This whole pronoun business—it's all constructs, artificial constructs, which have been created five years ago, yeah. two years ago. Nobody gave a toss. Nobody because it it never mattered. Yeah, it never mattered. But now there's a generation that's coming through and says, "I want to be." Wow, this is the irony. Uh, I don't want to be labeled, and therefore I want you to label me like this. Yes, with all these very specific yeah. checks. checks. Lose-lose situation already, because they're already the, the way that they operate is by constantly keeping you off guard and constantly moving the goalposts. Because once you've established the rules, they have to adhere to the rules. Uh, and that's it's because like, all, the, it's not about in. whether you agree; it's about whether you comply. Exactly. And the way to make that's sure you comply is to change the rules all the time yeah. and see if you follow. Yeah. And so guys like Kibble Smith are not. He's just trying to. He's just trying to get. I imagine. I'm, I don't know him personally. He, he's just trying to get. Uh, he's just trying to get like morality points from his peers. He's trying to like have. He wants to get invited to the right cocktail parties and have. Girls that he likes go. Oh, you're so woke. That's what he's, he's, an, he's an ally. He's an ally, yeah. but he's bought himself a wife. He's got a complete token wife. You, you've seen the guy, and you've seen his wife. You know this. This is. I, I don't even know if they talk to each other. You know, but it's complete token. Like this. This guy doesn't even know how to live his life. 
Um, yeah. he, he, he's used his wealth. He's got what he wants through his wealth. So, you know, his wife, if he was poor, she wouldn't look at him twice. And the thing is, right. he knows that. And I'm not just yeah. trying to be cruel because I'm, you know, I'm no, I'm not a looker, you know, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But, but this is a person who's just used his wealth, his influence to, to get where he is. And he's trying to create these woke points. But when the reality happens, if he didn't have his money, if he didn't have his influence, it'd be, it'd be gone. It'd be gone in this. Uh, I, I just looked him up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, he, he looks Carrie, like, is he the like guy who did would... the video about the, like where he described his decision to make look, characters? This guy looks like Mr. Bean could kick the shit he out of it. looks like I'd expect a <laughs> male feminist to look like. That's all I'll say. But can I ask a question here? Hmm, so that's tell hard me. To say the, about. The, um, I was going through your channel, as, and for anyone who hasn't, anyone who's watching who may not be familiar with your channel, you review a number of series. And so one of these series, and this is the one that Carter was mentioning before the show as well. Um, is Batwoman. Yeah, that's a picture of mm. Kill Smith. <laughs> I'm done I'll talk I... for him now. I'll, we'll just pretend <laughs> that I'm Kibble Smith. Go ahead. He goes by pronouns, they them. Yeah. <laughs> I was Sorry. wondering, could you I'm triggered, take Carrie. us through... Okay! Can I uh, talk to you about Batwoman now? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Everyone said we were being too serious. I'm trying to be Gosh. less serious. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're getting to some fun, meaty stuff. Okay, okay. We'll talk okay. about that woman. <laughs> Very because, important. I'm fun, sorry. meaty stuff. That like, woman. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm extra triggered today. I'm going. I'm, I'm having a lady moment. I'm just like, can we, anyway, anyway. A whammy, a whammy moment, I think. Is yeah, it's not say. usually. We're not yeah. usually this dis discombobulated. As I apologize. It's fine. Um. So so I, you. I do this to people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you in your Batwoman series, you really break it down for people. And as you were saying beforehand, for people who may not want to torture themselves and watch mm. the new CW series. And I laughed a lot watching a few episodes. I know Carter did as well. Could you just tell people maybe a brief overview for people who haven't watched the CW series? What have they done to Batman? Like what's happened in the past series and a half? What they've done to Batman <laughs> or Batwoman? Well, Batman's not in this. Start no, no, that's no, for no, starters. No. Bat but Batman what isn't in this, but if you want to know what's happened to Batman, oh, that's that's a <laughs> that's a completely <laughs> different story altogether. Um, yeah, actually, I do want to know what happened to Batman, even <laughs> like it could be after the Batwoman thing if you want to. Do right, that well, 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 Batman's been missing for, for three or four years, he's just vanished off the face of the earth, okay. Uh, and so there was a, a void in Gotham that got filled by a private security firm called the Crows. Uh, because the Gotham, this is, this is, oh God, this is the funny thing, because they can't get their stories, they can never get their stories right. Defund the police. The Crows came in because the police couldn't cope. Because they were underfunded, underpersonneled, and they couldn't deal with the huge amounts of crime that was on the rise. And so they got this, this private security firm in called the Crows uh, to help out to aid the police who paid uh, for the crows then, who the crows who paid for the crows are uh, the city taxpayer I'm, I'm just kind of confused why you would hire two different police forces but okay go ahead well because um they don't want to show police on camera they really don't oh. uh, and okay. they need an organization that can just be full of horrible white men uh and and point at them every week and say look at them they're horrible Oh, so they're going to use the crows as a foil. The crows are bad. 
Yes. Well, already, they've already done an ACAB analogy. ACAB. So they say yeah. all crows are bastards. All crows are bastards as opposed to all cops are bastards. Wow. You know, how clever. It's very subtle. I don't know if anyone will pick up on the nuance no. there. That's that's great. Okay. Uh, now, these are genius writers, by the way. Yes, obviously. So um, <laughs> uh, Kate Kane uh, got a phone call uh, from her... <laughs> Stepsister. Wait, explain who Kate Kane is for people. Who, right. She's the new Batwoman. Kate Kane is who would become the new, who would become the first Batwoman. Okay, the first Batwoman. What so, was her day uh, job prior to Batwomaning? Prior to Batwoman, her day job was diving underneath sheets of ice while a shaman or somebody blocked her breathing hole so she had to punch her way out. Oh yeah, that happens a lot in California. She was she was allegedly in training to become a member of the Crows. Okay, and going around the world doing it, which I don't know why, because the the Crows are, are shockingly bad. She could have just turned up and gone, "Dad, mate, is a crow." All right. Um, so anyway, she gets a call saying that um, her ex girlfriend, uh, who got kicked out of, uh, who she got kicked out of the army for because uh, she refused to sign a document saying I'm not gay, uh, has gone missing, has been kidnapped by the Alice in Wonderland gang. And uh, so she returns to Gotham to meet her father, who runs the Crows. To oh, her dad runs the Crows. runs the Crows, as is, as you do. Sure, yeah. Uh, to, to get the Crows to help look for Sophie, her, her, her ex. Who is also okay. a crow, by the way. I see. Uh, her dad says, no, you know, we would let us do our own investigation. You don't get involved. You just you just go look over there and you be my daughter. Go so, back under the ice. And hold your no, she and, doesn't. Yeah, okay. So she, she goes oh, and okay. um, breaks into Wayne Enterprises for some reason. And uh, then she goes to investigate uh, Sophie missing. Don't come up with anything. Goes back to Wayne Enterprises, uh, gets caught by Luke Fox, who is Lucius Fox's son. Uh, she somehow figures a way into the Batcave because uh, realizes that Bruce Wayne was Batman and then says, Do you know what? I can use the Batwoman costume and gadgets and tech to search for Sophie and find my ex-girlfriend. She does. She well, finds who, did her. Did they give it to her, or does she just steal it? Well, she says to, to Luke, who is... I assume someone, the, you the know. The soyest of cuts in the world. Oh. This, is the most, uh, this is the most unthreatening black man you will ever meet in your life, <laughs> because they can't have a, a black man with a temper, no, or a clue, or an opinion... Uh, or a dominance, because uh, them white women, they're, they're, they are petrified of black people uh, at the CW. And uh, he she's just like, I want you to take Batman's costume, which already has boobs on it, by the way. Uh, and I want you to, to, to make it perfect. Make it fit a woman. <laughs> so, so he does that. He does that. He tweaks the costume so it, it fits her. Uh, which is great because Batman in in comic comic lore is six foot two. Uh, Ruby Rose is probably about five foot two. So um, <laughs> so he runs it through the dryer a few times. Yeah, he he just you know he's he's cutting it with the scissors and running it through the you know. 
By the way, okay. this is an impervious bat suit, which can just easily be altered. But never mind. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's just a, <laughs> another plot point for another time. So she gets in the suit. She rescues Sophie. That's the end oh, of she, the she show. finds Sophie. And oh, yeah, yeah. Finds and rescues Sophie. Okay. This is all the first episode of the show ever. So Kate oh. Kane's story arc is complete in the first episode of the first season. <laughs> so she hangs up the suit and the rest of the season is about social justice. No. You see, she because uh, she picked up the suit for selfish reasons. Mm. She didn't do it to help Gotham. She didn't do it to help anyone. She did it to help herself. Right. So uh, Luke says, hey, do you know what? Now that Bruce is gone, uh, why don't you help Gothamites and become the, the new bat, the new hero of Gotham? And she's kind of like, well, I've got, I've got, I've got the, the script says I've got fuck all else to do. <laughs> so, so she does it for no other reason than they need more episodes of the season. And that's okay. it. So, so from there on in, she's literally just going around um, allowing her murderous sister, who was thought to be dead, allowing her murderous sister to go. She captures her. She lets her go. She kills more people. She captures her again. She lets her go. She kills more people. <laughs> so she's kind of bad at being a superhero. She did about four or five times. And then she got so bored with capturing her sister and letting her sister go that she decides to start murdering people as well. So she kills Wait, an what? unarmed man who's tied up to a chair and throttles him to death. Well, but is he white? Of course he is. Oh, well, you know. She can be... Come on. Can we just can we just make one thing no, sure? seriously? Every time seriously? a villain is mentioned, they're white. Okay. Oh, yeah. fair. Okay. That's the so, way things So she work. kills an unarmed white man tied to a chair. Yeah, because he, he kidnapped her sister and and uh, broke her mentally, so she became the villain Alice. Okay. But but he, he was he wound her up and then she was like, I'm gonna throw you to death. By the way, she's also gone to an alternative reality during the series. Uh, met up with uh, Bruce Wayne in an alternative reality and murdered him as well. Oh wow! Why is that? What he was he in? Um, because uh, he had now started killing and liked it, and he'd killed that that world Superman, and then decided to try and kill Kate Kane's Supergirl, and so she punched him, and he fell over into an electric generator and died. Hmm. Wow! And then. I <clears throat> just one final thing Kate's just like I've kind of murdered people and then Luke says don't worry about it do you know why because the reason why you've not seen the Joker for three years is because Batman murdered him oh uh, wow they do that uh, to Batman yeah so we have had they reduced Batman down to a murderer to justify her so just, yeah. justify her character murdering people, letting her sister go, letting her sister murder people. She was responsible for more crime in Gotham than criminals. 
<laughs> uh, she does like, sound horrible. Right. But she liked Vag, so it's all good. We have a super chat from Midnight's Edge who just wanted to say hello and simp for you as. Hi, Tom. Thank you, Midnight Ed- Midnight's Edge. And then also, um, so I was looking up about Batwoman on Wikipedia, which I know we all know is written by a lot of social justice people. I used to mm. I used to make my own edits on Wikipedia. But this is what they had to say about the character. Because I was I was reading a little bit about it and I I knew that it had gone woke. I'd heard you guys talking about it, but I don't think I realized the extent to which it had gone woke. Because when you look up press on Batwoman, all of it is like I mean, they said specifically, we were looking for a member of the LGBTQ plus plus community to play Kate Kane. Like mm-hmm. they went out of their way to say we are casting for meaning they're not even considering a straight actress to play this no, part. Like because as an actor, you, you can't play a role. <laughs> right. Right, right. <laughs> you gotta be you can't yeah. pretend. So what did they? Because if look, okay, sorry, Kerry. I don't no, go ahead. But I, this is the logic which makes me just want to punch himself fucking hard in the face. Because if they want to play by that rule, okay, if they want to play by the, we are looking for for a member of the LGBTQIA plus 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 X Y Z community to be this role. Because in the comics, Kate Kane is a lesbian. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But by their own logic, why aren't you hiring a billionaire, white, five foot five, one hundred and thirty-eight pound? You know what I mean? They yeah. you have right. taken one specific part of the character. We're casting for Batwoman. If there's an actual Batwoman out there, please oh, yeah. come I mean, to play yeah. Batwoman. <laughs> Superhero, right. Batwoman. You got to live in Gotham City. <laughs> this, is yeah. the, this is the lunacy of it. All, you, all you're doing is saying, hey, we are massive bigots and everything revolves around where you stick your genitalia. Yeah. Because that's all we care about. We're not, and to me as a, as a, as a potential audience member, it's saying we're not looking to entertain you. We're not looking to, to create interesting stories based off an unbelievable rogues gallery and 80 years of history. We are just going to make sure there's plenty of Scissoring going on. That's because <laughs> it's for the children. And with the actors, like not just with the characters, we care oh. about the actors also being mm. LGBT plus. So they they also said this is how they described her character, by the way, on Wikipedia. Ruby Rose at plays Kate Kane, Batwoman, season one, Bruce Wayne's maternal cousin, who armed with a passion for social justice no, and a and a flair for speaking her mind dedicates herself to defending Gotham in Batman's absence. It just sounds so exciting and entertaining. <laughs> a passion for social justice. Uh, so yeah. then, so then what happens? Because at the end of season one, Kate Kane doesn't come back and mm-hmm. they bring in a new Batwoman. Well, oh, really? um, there is a very important bit of information, which I think you should know. Okay. And that is when Ruby Rose was cast as Kate Kane, the alphabet community went mental. Oh. Kate Kane is a lesbian and Ruby Rose is bisexual. Oh. And so they actually went mental that they didn't hire a lesbian 
a full, unadulterated, 100% no fat. That one doesn't hate men enough. Yeah. She doesn't rub enough. Sorry, I was going to say something horrendous. <laughs> I actually managed to pull out, which is something that Batwoman never had to deal with. Um, nice. Uh, but, yeah, it's not bad. That's actually, but they—that is the LGBT community as well. They were the ones going. This isn't good enough. She's a bisexual. She's not a lesbian. So there was already a lot of. This is where hip hypocrisy comes just comes dripping. Um, there's already a lot of dissent about the casting of the role. So they go through the series. Ruby Rose is just like, fuck this. I'm out of here. I'm getting injured. The health and safety on this set is a fucking joke. It's tat. It's shite. This is this is killing my career. Uh, yep. I'm all, you know, oh, I don't like the long, you know, it's long hours. Of, I, let's just, I'm, I'm out, okay? So they go and they say, right, we, we got, we need, we're not going to recast Kate Kane. We are going to create a brand new character. So first thing you've got to do is when you create a new um, brand new character, female character in today's day and age, you've got to give her a man's name. That's the first. Right. So they call her Ryan. So she's, got, she's called Ryan Wilder. So they create this brand new character. And then they, they say, not only do we want her to be gay, we want her to be black as well. They said this, the same thing they said about Ruby Rose. Mm -hmm. They said, we are specifically, again, looking to cast someone from the LGBTQ plus IAA community. Mm -hmm, community. Mm -hmm. Like, could not, can't look this one better not else. like Dick. This one, well, well, <laughs> before we even got to that phase, the people who were decrying Ruby Rose's casting were just like, nobody can take Ruby Rose's position. <laughs> 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 so they, they get this Javicia Leslie lass and Javicia Leslie I don't know if I can say this and destroy your channel who's probably straight who probably <laughs> it's Hollywood now so it's like uh, what's your persuasion Javicia I am I'm 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 bisexual <laughs> he'll do It'll do because I think every female in Hollywood is now but am I bisexual? The same way every girl in college is. I was going to say it's the college exactly. station. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's what you just put on your resume to, to make sure that you know you, you get considered. So uh, she's bisexual, just like Ruby Rose. Not fully committed to the vag. She likes the kook. Um, but they cast her. But now she's got an added shield because she's got the color shield built in as well. What? On her suit, right? Black. She's right. black. She's oh, oh, that—that that I black. thought you meant bat women had a double, new hey, shield. Double diversity, double the okay. shield. You know, okay. you, you got if you manage to break through one parts of it, saying, "Hey, look, well, she's bisexual, she's not lesbian, so you can't come out." You know, you can't. No, no, no. She's black, right? right. So right. you got no argument because we got we got a black. <laughs> what? So is 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 this Ryan character not Batwoman? Is it some other like no, she, flying she's squirrel woman? Is it something else? She's the else? new Batwoman. She's the new Batwoman who who um oh. who was in her van in the first episode talking to a plant, 
and a plane blew up above her and it dropped the bat suit out. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> this happened in the first five minutes of the, of the first episode of season two. So she's just like, I'm a black, I'm, well, she even, don't come at me. Javissi Leslie even calls herself black woman on Twitter. Okay. She holds, she finds the suit, she goes, I'm, I'm a black woman now. So she goes to the nearest toilet. <laughs> she puts the suit on and she says, time to be powerful. <laughs> and what she so meant bad. by time to be powerful was time to be a massive racist bitch. <laughs> who just goes around enacting her own uh, desires, just like Kate Kane. She didn't find the suit and go, hey, do you know what? This is this is a, an opportunity for me to, to be a hero. No, no, no. This is an opportunity for me to self-serve again. <laughs> so she nicks the suit. She does a few things to, to sort herself out. And then she gets caught by... by Cuck Luke and, and sister, Asian sister woman. Then she turns to the black guy and tells him how hard it is to be black. <laughs> Great speech. If the guy wasn't fucking black. <laughs> you know, and then she goes off and then she, she then she then she goes back to him and says, Here, I don't deserve the suit. No, you fucking don't deserve the suit. But they were just like, look, if you don't wear the suit. We can't make any more episodes of this. <laughs> yeah. How are we going to preach at our audience? Someone so has we, to wear the suit. We got to let you keep the suit so we can keep making the show. <laughs> She's right. Right. I will be Batwoman on one condition. And they say, what? And she says, I can be as racist as I want. And they're like, mm. done. So she, she literally, every time she comes across a white dude, she is baiting. You could just she the character is desperate to come up with some slur. Absolutely, she's desperate to. She's fighting Victor Zaz, the serial killer, and he compares her. He, he does this analogy with um like Abbott Costello or something, and she's like, "You want to compare me to what two white dudes?" <laughs> Don't worry, it's not favorable. It's, it's just like, darling, sweetheart. <laughs> it's a fucking analogy. It's meant to be. <sighs> so, so anyway. I mean, honestly, this is the problem with this. I mean, what I'm hearing is is less like, yeah, there's woke problems. Also, this is just the, some of the crappiest writing I've ever heard of. Oh, I not. mean, maybe they should start writing for Star Wars. <laughs> no, they're too good. No. <laughs> um, I, I think they would have a soy war. It would be soy wars. <laughs> soy and wars. then they would literally be, they'd be right. Who can destroy their franchise the quickest? <laughs> So and I, you... I think I think what I think Batwoman is kind of winning that a little bit. I think it's winning the war. Okay. So what has this done to the what are the ratings of Batwoman? I know you've covered this. <laughs> um, well, um, when these series debuted, it debuted to one point eight six million, which was the the at the time the lowest debut for a brand new series on the CW in the Arrowverse because it's part of the Arrowverse. They call it. And that's like the Arrow, the Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning. And uh, so it already had a pretty poor start in consideration. I think the previous lowest prior to that was Black Lightning, which had did like 2.4 million or something. So, so you know, substantially lower. Um, yeah. it, it took, I think, 11 weeks 
for it to dip out of the 1 million mark. And then it kind of uh, it hovered around the the uh, low sevens, point sevens, I should say, uh, high point sixes, six point, you know, point six eight. Um, so it averaged a, a paltry amount. Second season of Batwoman. <sighs> it's bad. This week's rating was a point four nine three. And it's only I mean, four episodes in. So they're gonna, wow. it's going to get cancelled, I assume, right? Or no, are they gonna it, keep got, it got renewed for a third season. It got renewed. Oh, it, cause, right. Because, again, well, they don't care about... We've talked about this yeah, before. Yeah. And this is. I think this is hard for uh, some people to wrap their head around because the, it doesn't make sense that a company, a corporation, a network um, would choose something other than profits or success. But they are. Mm-hmm. They're choosing. Well, usually there's like some pain point where eventually they're like, okay, we can't, we'll keep the farce up for as long as we can, but at some point, but maybe not, maybe they'll they'll bankrupt their network over it. I don't know. Well, the the shows are doing awful. The the CW Arrowverse shows used to be great viewage, great viewing. uh, I think The Flash used to do over 6 million an episode when it first started. Arrow, same kind of like 6, 7 million an episode. Uh, the first couple of seasons of The Arrow was great. was great. Uh, they had a very serious tone to it. Uh, Oliver Queen was a very broken character. He was a murderer. He was trying to find his way after being stranded on this, uh, this island for five years. He was trying to adjust to being back into the normal world again. And uh, while at the same time, we knew that there was a dark history of the five years, which was unraveled throughout the, the seasons... Um, and so the first couple of seasons were great. And then it was just like Greg Belanti just went, do you know what would be really good? If we took this formula, which is really working for us, and then they just went gay. Yeah. <laughs> just, 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 just threw it all away. We just need, well, we need to jazzercise this up. So you also talked about it. I think it was, was it the most recent episode where they bring in a villain, except mm-hmm. they can't make the character a villain because they've changed the character the character in the was was a straight white male but they've made the character gay and trans and racially ambiguous yes so it can't he can't actually be a villain because well, <laughs> they want to play both sides um i think his wolf spider the character was wolf spider yeah. in the comics he's blonde he's blue eyed he's a playboy uh he steals for fun he even steals from himself uh, at times, um, he's kind of like, uh, what if Bruce Wayne had no moral sort of thing? What if, uh, and wanted to really sort of, um, go with that free child aspect. Uh, and in the episode, uh, they made him racially ambiguous. He looked like, you know, a little bit of ethnic somewhere, something, don't know what, but something. Um, yeah, Luke can't say the word tampon, correct. <laughs> Um, <laughs> in this episode, Luke refused. He couldn't say the word tampon. Really? Yeah. He 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 he's so much of a soy boy. Uh, he couldn't say it. It frightened him. He had to end up saying products. Oh. The okay. Wow. Hid behind the machine with the 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 machine on the wall on the right. Is it going with the products? <laughs> the products for your hoo ha. <laughs> but this character also has sort of a pointless uh uh 
monologue mm. about like a coming out story mm. as well. And, and it struck me not just watching your videos, but I was reading some other reviews of Batwoman and I was reading some woke reviews, like woke reviewers. And one of the sites I looked at was Autostraddle, which is a, a lesbian site and the reviewer there, Shocker, loves it. And I was trying to follow the storyline and it's just, it just read to me like a, a, a CW soap opera, but just over the top. It's like, and then, and then Batwoman's ex and then this, and then this guy and she and he, and, and I loved it. Cause this scene, Batwoman asked the other character, her pronouns. And that made me happy. And then I loved it when I saw all crows are bastards that made me happy. And I stood up and shouted. And it's a person who's just celebrating all of these ideological like preaching moments they're not celebrating a good storyline they're not celebrating good writing or good or being invested in the show they're literally just saying i was so psyched i stood up and clapped when she said asked for pronouns you know it's like um, it's like yeah, church a, a very brief scene between uh jacob the leader of the crows and sophie his second in command uh where they do what would be classed as a typical establishing scene in in a, in a show uh we've brought in uh evan uh who's uh who's a friend of kate's who might know something about where this painting we're looking for is so the scene should have then transferred into the office as it did and then they said right evan you know you are connected to the the collector do you know anything about this this painting why do you want to know about this painting well, we believe yeah, that's how the, the kind of conversation should have gone. But but they transfer into the office and the guy just literally spends the next 90 seconds talking about his coming out story. <laughs> but he's he's telling it to people who know him, who know of his relationship because it's the fucking girl's daughter, the guy's father. Right. He's a the friend of a friend. Him. Yeah. The guy knows all of this. So it serves, it's there for no other purpose than we're just getting a, a coming out story. And it was a ridiculous, I mean, it was like, if you were the most flamboyant of flamboyant gays, this is how you come out. You know, it's just like, it's, it all started from, I was in the closet, um, but I was like really enamored with Kate because Kate turned up in a beautiful suit. Of course she did. She's a lesbian. She can't wear a fucking dress or a skirt, can she? Um, you know, she turned on this beautiful suit and I took her upstairs and like, Kate, I'm gay. And she's like, oh my God, I know. And, he, and he's just like, I don't know what to do because I don't want to, you know, what about I want to go to the dance? And then I turned up to the dance in a McQueen dress. <laughs> You've gone from, I, I don't know about coming out. And this is the first person I've come out to to turning up five minutes later at a prom in a fucking Alexander McQueen dress. <laughs> you could do. You I, could I, take. What is what is that story? <laughs> you could take. The, uh, your this reviews. sounds like shit that that uh, junior high schoolers would write. <laughs> it like Dude, I would like, give junior high schoolers more credit. Fair. This is this yes. is, fair. This is, this is, I'm not trying to be cruel here, but this is just gay masturbatory porn. This is just the the writers yeah. um, using the vessel to 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 uh, uh, gratify themselves. It's, it's all fetishism. Yeah, they fetishize it, it, the yeah, whole, it's complete yeah. because they're not there to. It doesn't. The story doesn't aid anyone. It doesn't help anyone. It doesn't make. 
if somebody was if somebody was struggling with their sexuality, uh, then this is not the story to tell them. Uh, you know, I'm struggling with my sexuality. I don't know if I'm straight. I don't know if I'm gay. Uh, uh, and, and then you've got some person from the fucking CW going, well, if you don't know if you're straight and you don't know you're gay, turn up to the prominent Alexander McQueen dress. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> that's, not, that's not the way that you deal with that issue. That's got to be dealt with very carefully, and it's got to be done in a, in a, in a manner that both uh, you know <laughs> people who are straight and gay can understand. Uh, because I'm sure there are plenty of people who are straight that, you know, probably going through their teens were like, you know, I'm straight, but, you know, Derek's kind of handsome. You know what I mean? Or something something weird like that. So they don't know kind of how to, to, to um, you know, bank that in everything. But it's just the, the manner in which they did it to people who already know. Who already know. Anyway, I would just and then they're, and and they're, and they're smiling and they're laughing with him. You know, they're, they're like, "Oh God, you're just amaze balls." I'd be like, "Shut the fuck up! <laughs> Where the praising is? That's why you're here." I you're I didn't mean to gay, disparage, and I don't be rude, dude. But you've turned up to my office in a fucking dress. <laughs> I can tell. We guessed. Yeah, yeah. Let fucking women's intuition. I, I didn't mean. I don't mean to disparage the eighth graders or the or the junior high school kids. But the reason I'm I it makes me think of this is junior high school seems at least my experience of it, it seems to be always about all this drama. Everything's about drama. Nothing's about actually getting anything done. Nothing's about. There's no like. There's no accomplishment of anything. Like, there's a whole group. There's a whole kind of mentality of junior high school, which is just navel gazing and drama and narcissism and. Mm -hmm. That's all this. This just sounds like it, you know, screw the plot, screw trying to get anywhere and tell a story about Batwoman or anything else. Let's pause and have a, I, I guess, indulgent moment about well, gay drama. In the same episode, in the same episode, uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Wilder, the new Batwoman, who uh, hates the crows because the crows framed her. And and sent her away to prison for eighteen months or something for uh, for something she didn't actually do, unlike the murders that she, she has been doing. I was framed by the crows, <laughs> and I was imprisoned because of it because I don't snitch. I see. Although it was established in this episode that she actually got caught by the crows with a handbag full of drugs. Drugs which she had taken from her current girlfriend to stop her from getting high. She was crying in the street when she walked past the crows, and one of them said, "You need to smile because that's what we do to every woman that walks past." Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw. She said she got catcalled. Well, smile, honey. Is that what he said? You need to smile, and I do that every. I just walk down the street, and every woman that goes past, you need to smile. You need to smile. You are. You need to smile. You need to smile. You need to smile. I say it to Carrie all the time. She's going to murder me soon, I think. And so she she raised her fist or something at them. And so they arrested her for assault, I would imagine. And then they went, oh, hold on. Hold on. You've got a bag full of fucking drugs. And so she she actually wasn't framed by the crows at all. She had uh, illegal items in her. By the way, this is the person who thinks she's sweet and innocent and goes in the same circles as serial killers and mob hitmen who know her by name. 
<laughs> but she's an innocent being. So how does that help, like, people who, who say, you know, black lives do matter or black voices matter, when you create a story where she's a false victim? Yeah. And then she's walking around the, the art gallery, the, 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 the uh, black market art gallery that belongs to Mr. Dress. And she's on the she's on the intercom. She's undercover. The crows don't know who she is because she's in her civvies now. But they're they're trying to find they're trying to set it up to find the the painting which I've been talking about. So Sophie from the crows is making small talk with her. And you would think, as, a, as somebody that wants to, we'll get onto secret identity actually later if you want. Um, somebody that wants to hold their secret identity away. She she says uh, to Sophie, oh, I've just bumped into my um, my ex. And then Sophie says, oh, I hope it wasn't too awkward for him. And she says, uh, no, it was a her. <laughs> what? Why would you give information <laughs> to an organization who you believe is constantly fucking with you framing you, who now know that you're black, who know that you're a lesbian? What, is, are, you, what are you doing? This is uh this is probably the scene that the review that SJW reviewer I was reading really liked. One of the ones she liked was like, and I love it that she corrected and said, my ex is a woman. Well, <laughs> of course, because it's just like, oh, great. Now I can, great. The scissoring, brilliant. But she's made herself more of a target. She's she's stripped away another layer of her secret identity for her to be identified it, with an organization that is out to also get her that is just cross-pollinating for this, this thing with the painting. So, anywho, uh, Mr. Dress, well, no, we're sorry. A spider, the, the, the wolf spider turns up. No, nobody stops them as they cut the painting out of the frame and, and starts running, running away. Batwoman jumps up. They have a bit of a fisticuffs. Wolf spider gets away. He's stealing the painting. We need the painting. So he's running, he's running down because this, this black market collector's edition was in the, an airport somewhere. He's running down the fucking runway. And uh, they're like, crows, crows cars behind him. He's like, pull over, pull over. He's running, he's running. Tase him. Bzz, jumps, misses him. Tase him. Bzz, guys, it's, it's a fucking spider monkey. So they're like, okay, okay. Let's fucking sideswipe him. So they sideswipe the guy who stole the painting. Excessive Yes. <laughs> Was he stopping? No. <laughs> so they get out. The guy's there in his in his costume, hood on, you know, looks like wolf spider, whatever. They take the painting that he's stolen. And then they just go, ah, we, we probably shouldn't have sideswiped him because he looks pretty fucked. Uh, let's just leave him. Let's just take the painting and leave him. And do, do you want to check who it is? Do you want to lift up the hood and see who the fucking perpetrator was? <laughs> stole the painting. No. 
I'm white. I just fucking hit a guy who's going to turn out to be gay, trans, and a pronoun princess. All right? So they bugger off in the Jeep. Batwoman catches up. He's like, on the runway, lifts the hood up. The, the villain is the collector. Is ah. the gay, trans, pronoun princess. Oh, my God. They actually decided to pull the trigger on him being a villain. No. I, oh. I was I was stealing it for Kate Kane. Oh, my God. Oh, they made him a good guy. Villain. They made him a good guy. He was stealing it so he could give it to Jacob so he could do... So even the villains, yeah. Because you because the rule is now you can't have you can't put you know black women in negative situations, you can't put gay trans in in negative situations. They must always be seen in positive situations. So even your villain was a hero. In in this one, I don't know. I it, it's just I'm you're not making me. I'm not regretting having no knowledge of Batwoman's existence until uh until this show so I <laughs> I I appreciate that someone's watching this crap. <laughs> it, what is, um, it's fascinating. It's So by believe. the way we have a someone says if you're really into sci-fi the expanse is great. It's not really they say it's not really woke or SJW at all but it shows a kind of dystopian future pretty deep in the backstory. What do you think about Expanse? Because I've watched Expanse. I wouldn't say it's not woke at all, but it's much less woke than it could be. But what do, what do you think about Expanse? Uh, I've seen two and a half seasons, and it was okay. I, I, I'm i probably one of these weirdos that just couldn't quite get into it. I, I was enjoying it, and then a, a certain... I don't want to ruin what it was, but a certain story arc ended, and I was kind of like, ah, kind of like them. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it was, and then I, my, I couldn't kind of muster up the interest to follow the other characters who I really didn't, you know, weren't that enamored with. You know, that's, that's my, my feeling of it is like, I, cause I've watched all of it now and I, I don't like Holden. I don't like Naomi. Uh, I don't like, like the only people I kind of sort of like the, the chick from Mars, what's her name? And like the Martian Marine like the the well, the New Zealand the lady who's in the UN is kind of a bitch, but I respect her. I don't really like her, but like mm. there's I I don't like the characters. That's my problem. Like I like the show's interesting, and I think the universe and idea is interesting. But I'm with you. Like I kind of I don't like the character. I watched the mm. whole thing, but I just don't like the characters anymore. I don't I, care. I, I, I got to be invested in them. Yeah, hey. I, I like Amos. Amos, I like. No, and Bobby no is the Martian. Movie. I like, but yeah. So we had another super chat that was a question for you. As Kent says, as who's your favorite heel and your favorite baby face, any era? Oh, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll slightly rework the question. Um, who, who's the best heel and who's the best baby face today? I'm, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet the question if you, is that okay? The best uh, heel. I think in in any of the uh, brands at the moment uh, is uh, Jay White. I think Jay White is the the best heel out there at the moment. I think he's absolutely fantastic. 
Uh, the best baby face at the moment. Oh, Moxley. It's got to be John Moxley. He's uh, very reminiscent of a, a Stone Cold. So there you go. Thank I don't even you. know who the people that you just said are. So I don't. I I have no idea what the words that you just said. So I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, and then we also had Decord, the couch guy, gave us a super chat earlier and told us to kindly kink shame you. I don't know if that's an inside joke. I don't know what it's your kinks are. So. Even I don't get. Even okay. I don't get. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Someone is asking if you would uh, ask us to ask you about the equalizer. <laughs> the equal queefer, yeah, the sheequalizer. Um, yeah, this the, the equalizer is um, it's a weird show on CBS. Um, I don't know if you're aware of the '80s uh, series, The Equalizer, with Edward Woodward, uh, who played an Englishman in New York who would um place an advertisement in a paper saying, "If you can't help yourself, you know, if you're troubled, da 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 da, call me." And he would do each week. Uh, he would do the, you know, the, the thing. He would help out the person in distress, and it would all work out. And part of the charm was it was an Englishman in New York, and all that kind of stuff. He's like a fixer, but a good guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he, you know, he's he's done the stuff. He's done the stuff in his past. He's got the skills. Uh, yeah. He's he's moving on with life, but he can't. He wants to help. He wants to truly aid people. And then you know, nearly thirty years pass, and. Because the show ran for four seasons. I think we ran from 85 to 89. So about 25 years pass. And uh, they decide to, to reboot it. And they reboot it as a film uh, with Denzel Washington. Uh, now, whereas I'm you know normally opposed to like race swapping, when, when a franchise has been dead for 25 years and you want to reboot it, go for it. You know, do whatever you need right. to. But you put Denzel as your lead, you've already won for me. Because, you know, it's yep. Denzel. So uh, they they uh, make him still have the same character name, still Robert McCall, uh, but he's American this time, and uh, he's working regular job, and he has a very strict routine, and it's a fascinating film, and it just kind of like, explodes in places, like in a really cool way. My seventy-seven-year-old mother, a couple of weeks ago, texted me, and she said. Because I, I got Netflix for her, and it's a whole new world. This woman has had BBC One, Two, Three, BBC One and Two, ITV, Channel Four, and Channel Five all her life. Now she's got Netflix, and she, it's a kid in the candy store. She's like, "I'm watching stuff I wouldn't watch, like stuff with swearing." <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is the the mother that took us to the video store when we were kids, and she'd say. Do you have anything to the person behind the counter? Do you have anything with no sex, no violence, no bad language? <laughs> and the guy would behind the counter would go, Cinderella. <laughs> um, so she, she's very, she's religious and she's got her, you know, she's got her things. But she was just like, I'm watching all kinds of stuff now. It's, so she texted me a couple of weeks ago. And she says, uh, I have just watched The Equalizer with Denzel Washington. And it was great. <laughs> and I was like, Rick, did you like it? Was, and she's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's a good film, wasn't it? And I said, did you know that they they made a sequel? She's like, no. I was like, yeah, and it might actually be on Netflix. Let me have a look. I text back, I said, yeah, it's on Netflix. Oh, I'm going to watch that now. So she goes she goes off and she watches the sequel. She loves them. She thought they were the great. This is, I mean, these are violent films. These are violent films. Lots of stabby, lots of people getting 
gutted and all that kind of stuff. But it's but it's a really good film as well. So it's violent, but it was yeah. really well made. Good production, good direction, good script, uh, and good acting. When you got Denzel and the cast that they had, good acting. Yeah. <sighs> they do two films. First one is much better than the second one. The second one, the, the reason why I don't think the second one quite worked is because it was about him as opposed to him helping somebody. And that's what mm. the Equalizer does. The Equalizer equalizes for somebody else. So even though it was like his boss that he was equalizing, so to speak, it was still a little bit too close to him, if you, if you catch my drift. Right, oh, it, was yeah. his, it was his own well, justice yeah. he was seeking out. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, exactly, as opposed to someone else's just, yeah. Um, right. So it was still good, still interesting, still had a, a fun ride with it. But they want to reboot it. They want to turn it into procedural again, like they did in the 80s. Now, wrong with that. And they want to reboot it. So uh, instead of casting a, a Robert McCall, does, I don't care if it's black, white, you know, whatever. Because, uh, you know, we've had the long 25-year gap. There's been a white guy. There's been a black guy. It's like Battlestar Galactica. There's been a white guy. There's been a white girl that's done Starbuck. So it's it's whichever one you kind of go with. They decide to go with Queen Latifah. <laughs> Queen fucking Latifah <laughs> as Robin with a Y McCall. <laughs> so they're, they're trying to take the name and rework it to a sequelizer. Okay. With Queen Latifah. I did enjoy Queen Latifah and set it off. That's fine. <laughs> there is nothing intrinsically wrong with Queen Latifah as a person. Right. But when you're trying to sell her as a hard-ass uh, ex-CIA field operative... Right. Looks like, not trying to be cruel, looks like she'd have an asthma attack if she ran across the street. And she's going around kicking everyone in, in this show, just miraculously turning up behind them, getting the gun, doing the spin, doing the... Wait, how no. old is she now? She's also up there in age. This is one of the things I liked about, uh, you know, I just learned about Gina Carano from you guys. And mm. when I looked at her background, the fact that she was in MMA and, you know, she actually looks the part of a, of a woman who could physically, oh, yeah. you know, subdue some people. Whereas a lot of times I have a problem as well with people casting women just to cast them. These sort of very fey looking feminine, fragile looking women who are inexplicably, they're just sort of like kicking the ass of guys that are twice their size. And she doesn't I don't look know. Fit. She doesn't look healthy. Yeah. Um, they, they have to jump up massively in the, in the fight scenes to make it look believable. The way that she gets the drop on people is magic. That's the only way that you can describe it. Like with, with Denzel, when they did his film, the, the, the culmination of the film is like a, a, a shootout with the villains or a hunt. They're trying to hunt him in like a B&Q, uh, a Home Depot type of place. So he's yep. using the Home Depot to set up all these horrific traps for the, for the soldiers who are trying to, to capture him, uh, to try to kill him. Uh, and he ends up actually killing the bad guy at the end with with a nail gun, just, just nail and gunning the shit out of him. Uh, and so it's like it's very clever the way he sets things up. He he kind of pushes using but using the trap. He pushes the the soldiers down a certain avenue, which then allows him to 
to kill them, etc. So it's very cleverly done the way that he does it. And Denzel was 60 when he starred in the first Equalizer film. Wow. Edward Woodward was, I think, 60, 65 when he was in the series, The Equalizer. So, you know, these weren't, these these aren't young guys, but the Denzel is very believable. He He's fit. He looked fit. He looked healthy. Uh, he looked in good shape. Uh, the way that he moved, you know, there was a great believability about it. They literally have to teleport Queen Latifah behind people and go, I got the grub on you. <laughs> <laughs> because they can't set up a scenario that, that is believable that would allow her to, to come and creep up behind like 30-year-old dudes with guns. And, it, and, it, and they have to, like, oh, my God. <laughs> like the way you did a robot voice, I got the drop on you. I got the drop on you. <laughs> That's the sort of level of the script. But there was, a, there, was a, there was a scene, I think, in the first episode, maybe the second episode, but there was a scene where uh, the, the two bad guys had... Uh, by the way, the the, the equalizer is a show made based off coincidence. This is, everything's coincidence. Um, there's two, they've got two like immigrants tied up in a warehouse, and they're dousing them with gasoline, and they're going to set them on fire, and they're going to record it as a, as a warning to all the other people. So they douse them in the... the the gasoline and the guy gets a he gets a lighter out a zippo out and he turns on the zippo and he's just about to, to light it and then pew, pew, ding, has the zippo shot out of his hand i'm not gonna complain about it <laughs> okay the zippo gets shot out of his hand he turns to his his compatriot and he says i think somebody's here <laughs> what what gave it away, Einstein? <laughs> was, was there a smell of roses in the air? Was there a smell of perfume? No. Was, was there was there a shadow in the background, or was it the fact that somebody shot a fucking lighter out of your hand that gave it away? It's just like, that is that is terrible writing, terrible. And then we got the over there. <laughs> bang 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 did we get them i don't fucking know i just pointed in a direction and we shot for two seconds to allow <laughs> queen laquifa to bloody teleport behind me <laughs> you're, you're reminding me of uh do you remember i think it was star wars episode two where uh count dooku had just like wiped the floor with uh obi-wan kenobi and and Anakin and Yoda walks in and goes, I sense the dark side in you. And I remember thinking to myself, who the hell wrote that line? Like, like you don't sense, you like, anyone could sense the dark side. You just like mangled Jedis on the yeah. floor. Look at the guy's arm that's just there. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, good job, Yoda. Give it away. Well, come on, tell me. I want to know. I want to learn. I want to learn to get better at this, this villain business. But the, 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 the equalizer is full of all of that nonsense. It's just full of. It's just terrible writing. And the worst thing is, it's like it's doing okay in the ratings for CBS. It's like one of the strongest shows on a Sunday night. And I'm just like, is this where TV is now? Yeah. Is TV so Maybe. bad that a show that's doing good, which Five years ago, ratings-wise, would probably be classed as a disaster. 
is actually putting in seven point eight yes. million, and it, that's good on a well, Sunday night. Well, I think I think the answer to that is yes. People are t- are are turning to old movies, old series, the the nostalgia of when television, when film was good. And I think you see people checking out of, of what's being currently offered. I mean, for the, I'm not saying entirely. I mean, I've watched Cobra Kai. You and I have talked about that. I like Cobra Kai, but um, my friend who's staying with me, she got me into Little House on the Prairie recently. And I haven't seen that in a long time. Talk mm. about nostalgic viewing. And it's, and I'm, if you haven't seen it, it's really stressful. Like it's actually, it's not just silly viewing. You're watching it and you're, this is so intense. You know, she keeps saying, this is, this is intense. And it is because every episode, it's about a time when everything's about survival. It's all mm. a matter of life or death, you know, over the smallest things. And well, not the smallest things. But... Flower. We need to get the, the cure to them quickly before they yes. poison. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> right. Like those wolves. Oh, my God. There's no mobiles. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but I think people are, are watching old uh, you know, during the the lockdowns, people started watching old movies again. And, you know, whenever I was just anecdotally just asking friends, what are you watching? Everyone's watching old movies from the 80s and 90s when you could still have a sense of humor. And I don't know. I think people are tuning I, I out. A, a stream with Critical Drinker a few months ago. And um, he said, what film? Uh, what film do you want to discuss? You know, he, contact, he contacted us. Said, what film do you want to discuss? I said, dude, I want to discuss Commando. He's like, yeah, I don't remember that film. So, so I cut, we, we do this stream together, and we, we, we're talking about Commando. Nine, what Commando? Nineteen eighty-five, Commando, I think. Um, I think it's nineteen eighty-five that it came out, and we're okay. talking about you know how how action films were so good. You know, there's these big testosterone action films. You know, big beefy men just slapping meat against each other. Gratuitous tit shots. Just you know, <laughs> left, right, left, right, center. Ultra violence. And just just a great romp, you know. The scripts are terrible. Don't matter because it's been carried by other aspects. They're not they're not relying on great scripts. They're relying on on the characters. They're relying on Arnie. They're relying on, relying on his biceps. They're relying on good beefy fights. You know, guns, explosions. That's what they're relying on. So we have this great conversation, and then we, we're going through it all. And this is again 1985, I think, is um, is Commando. And it's like, Arnie, who is a, an Austrian immigrant, is your lead actor. Okay. He's never managed to get rid of his thick Austrian accent, you know. So he's got this big, thick Austrian accent, of course. Your, um, your, your girlfriend is a black woman. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's got a daughter, which was Alyssa Milano. So he's a good, and he's a good father. Um, the villains are full of of dive. It's like a there's the white guy villain, a black guy villain, a short ass villain, another black guy villain. There was like so much organic diversity in this film, but we never even had to think of that kind of stuff in those days because it never mattered. Yeah, it never mattered at all. And and yeah. nowadays it would be you know be picked apart for it, or it'd be if it came out it'd be lauded probably. I don't know because great action films that are gonna. But, but it's just like it just happened because that's what was the people were cast to fill the roles and they they felt the they fill the roles great. So what if if one of the black you know two of the villains were big buff black dudes they were there for Arnold to kick the shit out of. Um, right. you know it wasn't a matter of but nobody thought about diversity. Nobody thought about you know sensitivity. It was just like right, 
these are beef, big, beefy dudes who we can put against Arnold. Yeah. You know, this is a gorgeous woman who we can have as his, you know, girlfriend to come yeah. to, to, to come. And, and he's a father. He's a good father. He's a good role model. You know, he, he loves his daughter and he'll do anything to, to get his daughter back. And it's just like positive messaging for, for single fathers as well. And, and nowadays it's just like, oh my God. You know, you can just you can just see the committee meetings. Of the, right. Well, we need we need a black. Okay. Um, <laughs> have you got an Asian? I've got an Asian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We okay. We got we got them. Oh okay, no, we've already got an Asian. But the, the Asian can't be good at math, and we have to show that they're good at driving. Uh, the A. Okay. Uh, they will be a computer scientist. Um, we got a gate. We got a gate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, yeah. And it's just it's the, you can just imagine the, the box ticking of the committee. And they put out a PR release. They don't just mm. cast based on uh, race and sex and sexuality, but they they also tell you about it. They're also proud of be, mm. of discriminating in the casting process. Yeah. Hey guys, we just want to let you know we're discriminating in this casting choice. You know, give know. us all the accolades. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I had a another super chat I wanted to read. As yeah, let's do a few super chats here because we have Eric O'Sullivan here. says, Hi, I'm one of Az's. Hello, Eric. He says, Carrie and Carter, are you familiar with the 1960s? The prisoner. I am. I have a story about that. If not, mm. as you got an elevator pitch, thanks for the unfiltered point of view. I hope you get your Twitter back. Gratitude. Thank you, sir. Uh, I just have a quick aside. I my ex-husband was really into the 1960s the prisoner, and I was watching it with him, and and then I had jury duty. And once we got through the trial, once we got into the deliberation part of the jury, it was just on my mind. I had one of these awkward moments where you go in and they were going around the room and they got to, and everybody was like, hi, I'm juror number three. And uh, mm. it came to me and I, and they were like, juror number six. So I'm like, I'm not a number. I'm a free man. And it was just silence and the most awkward. <laughs> no one knew what I was talking about. I'm like, my name's Carrie. Wait, someone do the pitch for me because I don't know the show that you're talking about. Uh, is, yeah, the, the, the prisoner is a 1967 uh, to 68 uh, television show starring Patrick McGoon, who stars as a former intelligence operative who resigns and wakes uh, uh wakes up to find himself in a village in a replica uh apartment of where he used to live and the mystery starts from there okay okay carter you would enjoy it it's i would like incredible. it all right incredible. that's fair and i just recently done a, a a full uh breakdown of the whole series which was 17 episodes uh with robert meyer burnett who is also another huge prison officiado um, and we watched it in our order. We created an order of, of where we thought the episode should go. There's lots of debate about where the episode should actually go chronologically. Um, and we had an unbelievable time. And, and the incredible thing about The Prisoner, which is a show created in 67, 68, uh, the incredible thing about The Prisoner is it's so relevant today. You can see so many of the themes uh, which they're discussing in today's society, and it's madness. Like you'll watch an episode, and you you'll be like, "Oh my god, this is cancel culture." This is, the, and it does. It deals with 
stuff like council culture before we kind of gave it the name or, and, and obviously this the um the sort of uh, platform which we have it nowadays uh it, it so it's there are some just incredible, absolutely incredible things. I I I would always say if you've never watched it, watch it. It's possibly my favorite. Okay. It's like I'll, I'll check it out. I'll I'll check it out because someone else in chat, uh, Legalize Adulthood, just says the prisoner is the inspiration for Nowhere Man, and I loved mm. Nowhere Man actually. Yeah. Uh, so that's enough. Watch that the plus your one. recommendation. The, um, uh, Casti uh, Cavellias. Jim Cavellias, don't don't watch that one. The re the re, the, the remake in two thousand and nine. The remake. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was a a thing even. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, don't touch through. We had another one okay. as it says uh, from Human Kirk. Thank you, Human Kirk. He says regarding diversity in the nineties, they did a U.S. pilot of Red Dwarf where they race swapped Lister and Cat because Hollywood. Mm. I don't yeah. know enough about white. Red Dwarf. To white. Um, Red, yeah, Red Dwarf is a. An, an, I don't know if you're aware of Red Dwarf. It's an unbelievable comedy, uh, space comedy, um, which was created in 1986 in the UK. Uh, and the very first season, there's three principal characters. There's there's uh, Dave Lister, there's uh, Rimmer, and there's Cat the Cat, which is a, a, a humanoid which has evolved over millions of years from the ship's cat. Um, and the premise is there was a a leak, a radiation leak um, on the Red Dwarf mining vessel. Uh, Dave Lister at the time was in cryostasis for breaking the rules. And you're going to, if you broke the rules, you're going to cryostasis and you wouldn't get paid while you're in cryostasis. And uh, Rimmer was killed in the explosion. Everyone was killed in the radiation leak. So Red Dwarf's intact, the ship's intact. But because it was a huge radiation leak, it takes millions of years for the radiation to evaporate, you know, to, to dissipate, to make it safe for human occupation. So the ship's computer has kept Dave Lister in stasis all that time. So he comes out of stasis. Uh, Rimmer has now come back as a hologram and wears an H on his head because that stands for hologram. And his cat has evolved into this, this humanoid life form called cat which is uh, just, huge, just a guy who's really vain wears beautiful suits always looking at themselves <laughs> three principal cast members 1986 dave lister black rimmer white cat black you had a show with three characters three principal characters and both of the main characters or two out of the three main characters were black again nobody cared yeah. Nobody cared because the, the casting of it was just brilliant. And the, and the comedy was so funny because the writing was so good. You know, and these were the perfect people for that role. And this is going back to 86. Nobody was saying anything about, oh, my God, it's breaking. You know, it's breaking everything. It's two black guys leading this. Nobody, people were just talking about how funny the show was, how good the show was. Um, and it, and it you know still goes on today. They still churn out you know every three few years a Red Dwarf special or so. But the US wanted to to jump on board after about three or four years of, of the show. They wanted to to jump on the success of Red Dwarf, but they didn't want to. They initially wanted to bring some of the cast over. They wanted to bring Rimmer over. They wanted to bring uh, another character which joins in season three and becomes the fourth principal character, which is called Crichton, which is a robot. 
They wanted to bring Rimmer and the robot over, but they didn't want to bring Cat and Dave Lister over. And they wanted and they recast those as two white guys. Okay. In the Why? pilot. The American pilot was gash. Absolute uh. gash. He doesn't get past the, the, the pilot stage. Rimmer doesn't go over, but Crichton does to do the pilot. Um so so there is this this pilot, the US pilot, and it's just it's just white dudes. So that's <laughs> so America themselves actually took the organic diversity, and and what what was really funny is is Dave Lister. He's a scouser. He's a Liverpudlian. If you don't know, it comes from Liverpool. Uh, he's he's messy. He's sloppy, and that's one of the, the funny things about the character. He's like I'm the I'm the last human alive. You know, I've been in stasis for millions of years. The human race is dead. It's over. I'm floating around in space on this mining vessel doing nothing. <laughs> I'm just going to eat curry and drink beer and be a slob all day. That's all he does, and he loves it. When they cast the American version, they cast this, like, six-foot-three, white guy, big hair, you know. And it's just like, you just you just don't get it. <laughs> don't get it. And you can just imagine all the the execs in America being like, oh, yes, well, you know, we need this guy to appeal to the, the, the women demographic. They must be like, oh, my God, he's so handsome because this is what our characters, principal characters must be. The whole reason why Dave Lister worked was because such a slob. <laughs> and it was and the dynamics that it had with Rimmer, which was the hologram. The reason why they brought the hologram back was to try and keep his sanity. So you see, so, so you had, mm. but the the thought, if you bring somebody nice back, if you brought a good, you know, decent person back, then he, he would still lose his sanity. So they bring yeah. back Rimmer because Rimmer's a twat. He's an absolute prick. So, the, so he's always arguing with Lister and they're always fighting. And that's why it keeps him sane. It's really, it's really clever. By the way, I just realized the Hill versus Babyface sign over here behind you. Uh, yeah. cool. um, so, so, yeah, that was the great, the great dynamic of it. And then seeing what they did with they, the American version, just they just didn't get it. Yeah. Hey, so here's one from uh, two that I want to read to you. One is Matt Decker, which is on the screen right now. It says the new Superman and Lois series features a nuclear family, the antithesis yeah. of Batwoman. Prepare for a horde of hate to come. It's already Thank happened. You, really? Yeah, I watched the show last night. I thought it was great. I thought the pilot was really good. Um, there were certain aspects of the because they released it like a press release, and I was like, when you read the press release, it's like, uh, but when you saw the trailers, the trailers like, oh, this actually looks quite good. Um, but everything in the press release, the press release just like it didn't, it didn't do the show any favors at all, and it was a really interesting show and it was they say it's got a darker tone but that's only because it was dealing with some some heady themes in the first episode um clark's mother dies in the first episode um so they're dealing with the death of, of martha kent uh he's sacked from the daily planet because they're making cuts because billionaires are buying out all the big business and it's so it's quite interesting because it seems to deal with politics when it does the politics side it does it from both sides of the equation because it's like it's pretty condemning of big business, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, and then at the same time, they have like uh, one of his sons is kind of on the spectrum. He, he suffers from uh, uh, like personality disorder. Uh, and so they're dealing with that. 
But it's done in... But I, I was worried because I thought, oh my God, they're going to make the kid like a they, them, and he's going to be like, you know, ah. Right. But no, they deal with <laughs> really, really well indeed. Um, and it, and it's there's some... There's a, like a, there's a moment in it with him which I thought was just fucking great. Um, because it, the, in the press release it says, oh, there's a girl called Sarah who starts to cause chaos between the two sons' lives. And I'm just like, oh no, she's going to be like the bestest ever. <laughs> me guys you know oh on all your eyes on me you know i thought it's gonna be like one of those situations but no she comes across we meet her she's actually quite nice um she remembers the boys from when they visited martha kent last year and, and they met her during the summertime so she invites the, the kid who's on the you know who's personality disorder she invites him to like a party that they're having in a in a quarry in smallville uh and so he turns up and she's like really happy to see him. And then um, they start having a really interesting conversation. She's like, and he's, she, he try, he goes for a drink to get a drink. She's like, you know, that's wise. And he's like, why? Everyone else is drinking. It's like, yeah, but I saw you, you know, you take pills for your condition. And he's like, uh, when did he see that? And she's like, I saw it when you were at the funeral. And she said, the only reason why I bring that up though is because, you know, I, I had a, issue myself with pills and they have this little conversation which is actually really really authentic and they're sat down and they're being really earnest and then he leans in and he gives her a kiss and it's just like oh you know okay this is working you know this works and then a fucking boyfriend turns up and fucking twats the shit out of him it's like <laughs> I, did, oh, I, I was i was gonna tell you but but it's just like we've all been there i've been there I've been at a party. I've been chatting to a girl. I've been thinking she's interested. I've gone for a kiss and she's gone, whoa. No, no, no. Uh, oh, no. Sorry. So it's, so sorry. it's so written it's kind of in a relatable way. way. Yeah, it's just done in a really kind of believable way. And um, it ends up that the, the kid on the spectrum's got the powers and the kid who's not on the spectrum doesn't have the powers. But if they use powers as an analogy for, you know, like autism or something like that, it could be done in a very good way. But the show was well written. It was well acted. There was some fan service in there, which we've not had from the CW. What was the first? Uh, what was the first uh, review that I saw? Oh my god! Superman and Lois is so white. Wow! It's it's a white supremacist dream. Wow! That's what. See, they, they can't they can't let anything good exist they have to destroy things because they're not good creators and so anything that's good is it's like putting in stark relief how bad their shows are i think so they're yeah. coming after like what the one we mentioned before cobra kai which mm -hmm. i was pleasantly surprised is, is is not a woke show no um has very limited traces of wokeness if any and and so i was quite surprised that that even got on the air and then someone clued me into the fact that now that it's on Netflix and getting a wider audience, wider, W-I-D-E-R, um, mm. that they're coming after it and saying, oh, it's too white and it's all these things, you know, they have to, That's they have that, to. That a YouTube show. Yeah. Cobra Kai was like a YouTube red. Yeah. That's uh, how it started. Yeah. Uh, and it started because somebody did a fan, like a fan uh, recording, you know, scene or something about Cobra Kai and. This is what it kind of evolved into. But yeah, there were people who were just like, why isn't Superman mentioning Kara as an inspiration for him and da-da-da and all this kind of stuff. And, it, and the actual show itself 
even though it's still got Tyler Hocklin and, and Bitsy Turlock as, as Lois and Clark, um, I think it's kind of almost disassociated itself from the Arrowverse because they've like changed the backstory of them completely. Oh. Uh, because in the, in the Arrowverse, when Tyler Hocklin would, would appear, he'd have one child. Now he, I think the kids are twins. So um, oh. I, I'm not I'm not quite sure if they're, they're trying to slight, but they never mentioned anything. There was nothing about any other character, any other show. So this might be another universe, you know, another unit. Let's just put it in its own separate universe type thing, which I would have no problem with because I hate when they start messing with crossovers. That all goes, it all goes to to pot. But yeah, it was just nice to see a nuclear family. Um, with a couple that loved each other, Lois was not obnoxious at all, or, or tried to be the domineering partner. Um, Clark was was, you know, he he had a lot of he had issues, and in his you know he had issues with with trying to balance being a father with being Superman. He was trying to balance having to constantly lie to his sons about where he was because mm-hmm. he was out saving people. Uh, and even though he was saving people, he ha- still had to live with this guilt that he was losing his son who was on the, the spectrum um, because he wasn't being able to spend the time that he wanted to spend with him or bond when he wanted to or turn up to some of the, the therapy sessions that he was going to. And so from the kid's perspective, it just looked like his father was, you know, either disinterested or, or pushing him away. or So there was, they, dealt, and they dealt with it in a really interesting way. Um, it's the best thing I've watched on the CW for donkey's years. But can they maintain the quality? Is it a trap? Is it <laughs> yeah. a trap? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a woke trap. <laughs> Wait till season they, two. Yeah, they're going to lure you. So Lady Gra- Gravemaster's you know, in chat. Hello, Lady <laughs> Gravemaster. How you doing? She says, uh, Carrie, love you, girl. You're an inspiration as watching at double speed and sad that I've not heard your Ocean Man original yet. Also, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, problem being, who's um, who's been a follower in the chat for a long time now, um, he took my latest Batwoman review, which, by the way, can I just uh, can I flex for a second? Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Uh, which YouTube <laughs> have age-restricted. Wow. I saw that. That was amazing. It said it wasn't appropriate. It was great. Yeah. But I don't I, it. How did you accomplish that? Um, well, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what it was, but but problem being took my Batwoman review from this week and created a song out of it. And the guy's talented and the song is incredible. So it takes snippets from what I say to music and it's brilliant uh so, so I mean, they, I, well well i was gonna say it's weird that they're age restricting your reviews but the show itself is not is it is it age appropriate I I, I I i gotta confess i think i did i think i did well just to be age restricted this week um because i i i went off on a foul mouth rant uh, also, I, 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 if you speak, this is this is the problem that we have. It's the problem that we've got in society at the moment. Is is uh, I'll just put it in a very touchy feely way. Uh, when certain demographics are deemed untouchable, are deemed above criticism, 
um, mm. then then people start to get very butt hurt. And uh, there's a lot to be critical of the way that that Batwoman deals. Like if I was if I'm if I was black, I'd be disgusted at Batwoman. I really would. I'd be disgusted at the way they they want to portray me. But bearing in mind, it's written by a white privileged woman. Yeah, uh, this is what you always have to remember. This is the way that she views black people. Yeah. Um. So you have these. You know, you you have the stories of I was framed and I was set up and I did time uh, for the crows, and then it turns out no, no, no. You you were um, holding drugs. You had drugs in your apartment. You were getting drugs. Um. You were dealing in circles with um hitmen and serial killers who knew you by name you were caught with drugs you were you attacked a crow uh with them on you you know the, the, you're not the victim there you you were in a you were in a situation where you were breaking the law on probably multiple different occasions you got caught you got caught yeah they but, feel it's justifiable to physically attack someone who tells you to smile yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> because you're being catcalled and that's a crime against women. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a crime against humanity. Uh, I have one other super chat that for you as it says, Hey, as this is from fat Freddy's cat. Hey, as remember the young ones thoughts. I felt it was very funny. Punk rock. I remember the young ones. Mm. I, I saw like the part of the young ones. Never get made today. Never get made today. No. Never get made today. And 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 let me just say, speaking of that, the British shows are really some of them are really weird and trippy. Mm. I know when you're you're talking about how Americans don't really get certain things, and when we remade the Red Dwarf and didn't really get what 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 it was about the character that made him popular. Um, sometimes I struggle to, and I, and I I love watching British comedy, but sometimes I struggle to to get some of it. Like the Mighty Boosh is just mm. I I can't even. D- d- it, I can't even describe that show to people or um, little Britain. I love little Britain. Little Britain is like always oh, they do- now. It's what that's like modern day canceled now. Oh yeah. Modern day canceled. Yeah. And that wasn't even that long ago, but they say that would be offensive to uh, trans people, fat people. It's not. I mean, that was the beauty of little Britain. The beauty yeah. of little Britain was we all got to laugh at ourselves uh, we all got to laugh at ourselves, regardless of our uh, weight, our color, our mm-hmm. class, uh, and that's what made it so funny. And and we used to have a when I say we, I'm talking about all of us. The world used to have a sense of humor, and it's yeah. gone. It's absolutely gone. And when Little Britain came out in the UK, when it first came out, it was the biggest show on TV. It was the biggest show on TV because it was so funny. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could have people in a council estate uh, be horrible and take the piss, you know, have somebody abuse the system, abuse uh, <clears throat> the benefit system, be a fake disabled person <laughs> to get the, all these kind of things. You could have um, uh, uh, David Walliams in, in a in a fat black suit, <laughs> yes. um, you know, doing doing his his rich posh woman at, at, at the estate who's got no shame come and done it darling you know and it's just and it's so funny because we can all laugh at each other we can all yeah. laugh at, at this you know the different classes the woman like they have the, the racist woman she was one of the funniest characters in the show you know you'd have this woman at a <clears throat> like at a, the, wait, a, at the a, weight watchers a, meetings no 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 there's a, like oh. a woman 
Sunday fair. She was always like okay. a Sunday fair. Okay. Just, done it. It's David Williams done up as like a about a six year old woman or something. And she'd be at a Sunday fair and she'd be like, oh, it should be like David Williams is also dressed up as a woman as well. And they'd be like, oh, what's on this table? And Deirdre, and she'd be like, um, on this table, we've got these beautiful scones. And she'd be like, oh, because they're like judges for the for the food. So she'd take the scone and she'd, she'd eat the scone and she'd be like, mmm, oh, it's so good. It's like melts in the mouth. It's beautiful. Oh, that's that's gorgeous. Who, who's this from? And the, the other person would go, um, this is, these are Sandeep Patels. <laughs> and then she'd be like, <laughs> and then just like bath streams of bath would just like come out of her mouth and she'd just do it all over the other woman just the other was just getting covered in all this <laughs> and the joke that she's a racist yes you know, the that's the joke that she jokes is she's racist the food's beautiful the food's lovely but when she finds out it's from sandeep patel an Indian person, then suddenly that changes her her thought. Jesus Christ. You know, it's That's just like the character. There was the the Weight Watchers one too. That was played by Matt, the other guy. What's his name? Matt Williams. Matt, Matt Lucas. Matt Lucas. And 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 it was similar. And the joke was, because she herself was overweight and she did mm. these weight this Weight Watchers kind of class. And she would just make these horribly say these horribly That's, offensive things about know. fat people. But Anyone? But she is fat. And then she would say, yeah, that woman. And then she would also make the joke was she was a racist. So whenever the Indian woman in the class would would answer her questions, she couldn't understand her. Say that again. I've lost two pounds this week. Say that. I can't. What's she trying to say? She's clearly <laughs> saying she lost two pounds this week. I don't think mm-hmm. I, I, don't get I don't, it. Yeah. And then she would say, what? Something about curry. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, you can't. We're laughing at. We're not laughing with them. We're laughing at them. We're laughing at how ridiculously stereotypically racist they are, uh, while at the same time being a monumental hypocrite. But that's what humor used to be. And and, and now, of course, it's just like, oh, no, can't have David Williams in a black suit. That's black facing. That's just going to trans people are going to get really upset when you like you should have. <laughs> they, would have, they would have they would have the woman at university <laughs> and she'd be like she'd be like um sat behind a desk and she'd be like come in and then some some like frumpy woman would come in short black hair student piercings clearly a lesbian and she'd be like uh, sit down and she'd be like how can i help you today and she'd be like um well i'm hoping uh i can get an extension on my paper um, for Thursday instead of Tuesday. Is that all right? She's like, okay, let me just call. Let me just call through to the principal. So she called, hello. Yes, I've got, it's Anita. Yeah, I've got Anita here. And uh, Anita would like an extension on her essay for two days. Bring it on Thursday, is that okay? Anita. Uh, um, you know Anita, short black hair, lots of piercings, way too much eye makeup. <laughs> so the woman start, you know, getting a bit of faith, you know. All right. No. You know, Anita, big fat lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, that's fine. He says that'll be fine. <laughs> that's, that's what they used to every time there'd be something, you know. 
and it was just fucking hilarious. But we, we, we used to poke. We used to be able to poke fun at ourselves. We used to be able to laugh at ourselves. You know, we used to be able to to have, um, you know, be knocked down a peg or two, uh, and not take ourselves so seriously. And, and and Little Britain was one of those brilliant shows that just encapsulated it all. And these were people who, you know, who knew multiple different types of life. You know, they they probably had they'd had big success and they probably had struggles. Mm-hmm. So they've seen they've seen all different classes. They've seen. Uh, all different races and they can just create some interesting humor out of it and probably one of the reasons why a lot of british humor um is is uh, more surreal is because a, a lot of the the humor that we had coming out of the like 80s 90s 70s 60s uh these are all actually coming from um like eton and and cambridge university and stuff like this this is coming from from you know, very highly educated people. Um, and so the the humor would, you know, kind of reflect that uh, in as much as the humor would be very highbrow humor. Uh, and then when you get onto the highbrow humor and you're dealing with exceedingly intelligent people, then humor tends to sometimes dissipate into the um, into the absurd. And and that was, was, you know, one of the beauties about the the young ones. The young ones were these characters that everybody could relate to in as much as there were stereotypes. Uh, but in the same instance, the, the show could just go off, could completely go off on, on a tangent. And some people would find it amazing. Some people are like, I ain't got a clue what's going on here. <laughs> no, it's crazy stuff. Um, and then there'd just be like observational humor that, that everybody could understand. And, Oh, it's 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 so sad. It's so sad because you you go to um, like I try, I, I when I say I tried, I didn't really try that hard, but it wasn't that difficult to not try. You 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 watch something like Saturday Night uh, Live now, oh. and it's and it's just like, hey hey, did you did you see see Trump? Yeah. Trump, it's so, it's so boring. Thing. What he's so orange, uh, and it's just like what? There's no. It's not even humor. It's not even political humor. It's it's yeah. It's lazy. What? Yeah, it's it's lazy and it's unfunny. And all you're doing is is getting. Because I don't know if it's done in a studio audience anymore because of Koof. But but when the studio audience was there, all you're getting is is people to. You just see them in the audience, and then all you hear, all you can see, all I see. Is the stage manager going? Yeah, that. that's all I <laughs> yeah. see. And the signs going laugh, laugh, clap, and laugh. Yeah. I, laugh. I actually, yeah. yeah, I actually had a friend. So I used to work in comedy. We had a late night show. We had a guy who did that who helped sweeten the laughs. Mm. But, um, but I've actually had friends argue with me since I left wokeness and tell me that it's okay that Silent Live isn't funny because the message is good. Which which I appreciate their honesty that they think ideology and some kind of message is more important on a comedy show than comedy. No. I mean, I guess it's true. I, if I you're, hope, if you're, you're taking a class up. about the ideology, it's important. <laughs> like, yeah, I, that, you know, but that's I, how they view everything, right? It's a class about the ideology. Well, I, I think I'm old-fashioned because uh, when I watch comedy, I kind of want to laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. You know, you guys were talking before about uh, them hating, like why they why they don't like 
why they don't like funny stuff or why they like to they don't like good comedy and good you know good scripts i think part of the thing that i part of the thing that i started doing is like instead of paying attention to what the script is or what the show was like to figure out how they'll react to it it's actually much easier to just see who likes it because the best way to tell how how anyone will react is if the wrong demographic likes something they'll hate it so yeah that's that's it's it's not about they don't have objective standards what they have is uh an enemies list <laughs> and if the enemies like the thing then the thing is problematic and of course because they have no standards you can make anything problematic by reading whatever in you want into everything right so that making it a problem isn't hard uh but their targets are i think they just identify their targets based on like oh as likes this i mean not you specifically yeah, but like yeah. oh as likes this must be problematic and mm -hmm. then you and then you just you know you you ask twitter to identify all the problems and whatever it is and it's very easy because there's always problems in everything. Well, look at Batman season one, Rotten Tomatoes. I, I saw a lot of the reviews of, of were bragging about how Batman season one had 80% critics rating, critical rating on, on Rotten Tomatoes. And the can critics... Sorry, can we please say Batwoman? I refuse yeah, to Yeah, I was going to say... Are, are Did I say Batman? Bat sorry, I meant Batwoman. Yeah. Have him associated okay. with a shite. Yes, Batwoman. <laughs> so they're saying Batwoman has 80% critical rating, but I went to Rotten Tomatoes because I was curious because I know this from Dave Chappelle, that it's always flipped. Whatever the audience, whatever the people think, mm -hmm. then you've got these elite media critics telling the opposite. So if the public loves it, the critics hate it and vice versa. So I went to Rotten Tomatoes and the audience rating for Batwoman is 13%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 13. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Um, well, remember when we used to uh, watch review shows? Like uh, we had a show in the UK called Film, and then it'd be whatever year it is. So if it's two thousand, be Film two thousand, or Film uh, ninety seven if it's nineteen ninety seven. You know what I mean? So uh, so every year it would change because of the year the film. Would be. And and we used to uh, you know used to get huge numbers of people, millions tuning in to watch because we would. Listen to an, uh, a true, honest critic's take on a, on a film. And it'd be interesting to see what they had to say about uh, said films. And so Barry Norman, you know, he's he's doing his review on uh, Forrest Gump or whatever. Uh, then you'd know that when he was giving his review, it wasn't politically motivated. Uh, it wasn't bias. It was his honest opinion uh, and what he thought about a film. Critics nowadays are not honest. They're bought and paid for. Or they're ideologues which are happy to go against the grain to push a narrative. And, it, and it's so sad, and I think it's so reductive, and I think it, it, it pushes um, like the alphabet community uh, back it, 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 when you have a show like Batwoman. Because it doesn't show... When I watch Batwoman... I don't want to. I don't want to go fucking near a member of the LGBT community by watching that show. You know, if if this is the way that the LGBT community is, if I'd never, you know, met a gay person, and this is my first dealing with the LGBT, I'd be like, "Fuck them! They're fucking mental." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they do that to every community, right? They claim to represent whatever group it is, and then they, and then they represent them poorly. Yeah. Like, 
trans the, the biggest example I can think of is trans. Not many people know actual trans people because there's not a lot of trans humans, you know, trans yeah. individuals in the world, but there's, transgender there's ones on Twitter. If you want to go there. Right. But like that, that's the thing. There's so many, like the ones who are vocal or at least the ones who purport to speak for the trans community. Uh, most of them are just horrible. They're horrible mm -hmm. people, right? Yeah. They see Jessica Yaniv or Jonathan Yaniv, whatever. And they're like, well, if this is what trans people are like, oh, I want yeah. nothing to do with them. Yeah. And, and, and the, yeah. but those are the, those are the ones which they're wanting to push to the forefront. They're the ones who are the wanting to make the, uh, the, the, the eyes on and it's, and it's insanity and it, and it push it and it pushes people. I worked in an industry where I had to deal with trans people. Uh, I worked in a, in an industry where I would, uh, be in a call center and, um, I due to the nature of the work that I did, uh, people who were trans would call in because we sold a, we sold products that they wanted. And when you do it through the mean that we did, which was through post, you know, then you have your dignity. There's a lot of, you know, dignity that you can still um, retain because a lot of them were, were, you know, they'd be agoraphobic, agoraphobic, uh, or they found it difficult to, to, to go out and find sizes possibly as well that that would fit them and and whenever these people you know called up and you could always tell because the voice you know because of the voice it didn't matter they weren't they weren't a, they weren't a subject to be ridiculed they were, they were a person that wanted a, a product and this is the way that they they dealt with their um dealt with their business so if they wanted to be called mrs smith or mrs williams you called them Mrs. Williams. Hello, Mrs. Williams. How are you doing? Uh, how can I help you today? Uh, you know, I'd like X, Y, Z. Okay, I've put those on order for you. Check-in delivery. Uh, they'll be with you on Thursday, Mrs. Williams. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Goodbye. Goodbye. You know, because yeah. you, when you deal with people, when you deal with true human beings, you 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 deal with them on the way that they deal they treat you, and you deal with them with dignity. And 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 nowadays you go to somewhere like like Twitter. It, it it's no wonder that that you that people are claiming victimhood so much because you are screaming at others. You are screeching for people yeah. to do what you want them to do. You yeah. can't gain respect by that. You need to respect me. You need to respect my pronouns. No, just by that immediately. No. <laughs> You, you have no that reaction is des deserves no respect. Yeah, Just you, that you, immediately. Yeah, yeah, you do not command. You do not demand respect. Respect is yep. something that is earned. So, so I've, I've heard the new thing of oh well, there's a there's a baseline respect between people. No, there isn't. No, there, and they no what they do respect. They cheapen the word and respect is some is definitely like you said something earned. I heard Jordan Peterson talking about this once. I think it was him anyway about the difference between civility and respect. And a lot of times people use the word respect when what they really mean is civility. Yes. And, and you know, if, if, if everyone is deserving of respect, then respect means nothing. I respect my grandfather. Mm. And, the, and I had, there are reasons why I respect my grandfather. I don't respect the stranger in line to get coffee ahead of me. I don't know anything about you. Yes. Um, exactly. but, I will, but I will treat you with civility until you give me a reason not to. <laughs> yeah, like, you hit the nail on the head because you, you, you said, because I don't know anything about them. 
So the way that you can only judge somebody is by the way that they carry themselves or the way that they treat you. So when you start barking that I demand to be called this and I demand to be called that, you have no respect from me. Exactly. No, because who are, who are you? Who are you to tell me to bend my life around you? Half the time, you're a fucking snotty little 18-year-old Well, prick. you come across as a petulant child the moment you yeah, open exactly. a conversation with, I demand that you call my pron yeah. these, these pronouns yeah. and blah, blah, and, blah. And, it's and like, then all right, get, well, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, but then you get, you get Gina, who, who understood the mob mentality. She wasn't yeah. mocking... Uh, she wasn't mocking the trans community. No, 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 no. Those are those are weapons which come out to dehumanize somebody, and they're weapons that come out to to attack somebody. She was mocking the mob. Yes, the mob that were demanding that you do this. You, we demand that you put your your pronouns into your bio. So it had nothing. The whole thing there had nothing to do with trans. Nothing to do with the trans community. It had everything to do with a big group of fucking self-absorbed assholes who were demanding that somebody bend their life around, and it probably isn't even half of their views anyway. It's just a matter it's of It's not. Power. Yeah, in my experience, yeah, it's, it's just anecdotally, it's not. Like, uh, I happen to know, I guess, compared to the average person, a lot of trans people, most of the trans people I know do not, ag do not agree with social justice ideology, and they get spoken for. Um, and, and, it, and it's similar to... Yeah, if, if you are to say, well, what she put, you know, beep, bop, boop is her pronouns, that's offensive mm -hmm. to trans people. No, it's not. It's offensive to oh. people who believe in social justice ideology. Yes. Whether they're trans or not, it doesn't matter. It's not offensive to trans people. But no. but they always take, they always take, um, I just saw this today with a, uh, a headline about the Southern Baptist Convention, which the Southern Baptists here in, in the States have, have become... <laughs> No, not Westboro, but like the more the the mainstream so Southern Baptist, they've become pretty woke. And and they, there was a statement today in which um, uh, I'm blanking on his name. I think it's Gear or Greer, but he said something to the effect of, "If we don't, if we don't look at social justice and critical race theory and and acknowledge it, then we are uh, offending or pushing away people of color." And it's the same thing. That is not true you are offending social justice warriors yeah. you are offending people who who hold this belief system but don't pretend like that is the same that you can you can you can substitute that for trans people or for black people it's not the same trans no. people don't yeah well let's don't. be honest the offense isn't real like no one's people even their social justice warriors i don't think are actually offended they're they are they are just I really think that what's going on for a lot of them is they have uh, they're they are very paranoid, um, and they're they're paranoid about proving their wokeness, and they've got their radar tuned to opportunity, the opportunities that are that arise where they can be performatively woke, so they can show the others how woke they are because they're they're deathly afraid that. Uh, they'll get found out that they don't actually understand this whole woke thing because, frankly, it makes no sense. So, like, they, they, the mob has created so much fear in people. People don't want to get, no one wants to have to, to, have to be Gina Carano. So, yeah. what you do to not be Gina Carano, if you are spineless, like a lot of people, is you look at what Gina Carano says and you, and you kind of try and see what the crowd, the mob's going to do, and you, you grab the pitchfork first. 
right? And you scream about it just so that they don't look at you too closely because anyone who looks at you too closely will probably find some stupid offense because literally everything under the sun is offensive. Uh, well, the the whole justice idea. Pedro Pascal business, Some it just showed the hypocrisy and it just showed the uh, ridiculousness of it because <clears throat> Gina Carano puts out a post that um, equates uh, government, big business, whichever one you want to, you know, whichever way you want to uh, interpret it, uh, abusing, using the public to turn against one another to, to push specific agendas. Uh, and in her case, she's, you know, specifically said, isn't this like politics in the UK or, or you know, Republicans in the UK, whatever, uh, in America, US, sorry. So she, she was making uh, an analogy about how, you know, mainstream media, big business, uh, and uh, the, you know, the Democratic Party have, have dehumanized um, conservative America. You know, you're, you're no longer Republicans. You're no longer conservatives. You're, you're Trump supporters. So, you know, that's that's what you're, you're branded as now. So um, yeah. the way that they dehumanize Trump equals dehumanization for you. So it's very, it was very clear to see the analogy that she was trying to, to get at. You, you don't have to have much intelligence to work that out. You would, ha you would actually have to be, you know, and I'm not trying to cause offense, but you would actually have to be stupid not to, to understand a very simple analogy. They jump on her. Oh, you're you're equating you're equating this to the Holocaust. You're disgusting. You're abhorrent. Yada yada yada. Meanwhile, Pedro Pascal equates Auschwitz to current America. That equates Trump supporters, oh. seventy six million, whatever they were, voters uh, for 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 Trump in the last election. That equate that to Nazis and slave traders and Confederates. Nothing. Nothing. Because Pedro Pascal is on the right side of the ideology scale. And Gina Carano isn't. And this is why I can never take these people seriously, will never take these people seriously, and will always be vocal about them. Because you are liars. You are hypocrites. Everything you claim to stand for, you don't. You don't believe in what you say. And when you don't believe in what you say, you're a mockery. You become a mockery. And that's what they are. A bunch of people on the internet trying to tell others how to live their lives, trying to tell others how victimized other parts of society are while just being monumental hypocrites. And so... To, you can you can come at me. You can try and cancel me. You can shout at me. You can scream at me. You can uh, send me emails till I'm blue in the face. But I won't ever back down from this. I will not apologize for this because I can't apologize to a liar. And I can't <laughs> apologize to somebody who's a fraud and a fake and a phony. And I can't apologize to somebody that would take a shield of diversity and turn it against the very people that they play, uh, they claim to champion. And that's what you're doing. You have shown, they, these people show the least amount of respect to any member of community they claim to champion because they take that diversity and then they shield themselves in that diversity 
and then try to speak for them. For them. Yeah. So well, and look what happens if you're one of those, if you're a member of that demographic and you say something that's anti-woke, they they will crucify you faster than the, the most heteronormative oh, cis white male on the planet. Hate you. Yeah, look they at Eric hate July. You. He won't conform. Who? Look at uh, Eric July, young ripper. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. You I know, love Eric July. Yeah. He's he's got his own he's got his own thoughts. They don't like that. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, no, no. Look at look at the way they attacked Rosario Dawson. And yep. Rosario Dawson, who who was exonerated of the things that they claimed against her. Exonerated. The the woman who, who made the claims said I made them up. Yep. I made them up. And it doesn't matter. Because they don't the care about truth here. This is not it's about truth. Target. It's a target. Attack, attack, attack. You're a bunch yeah. you're you're a bunch of you jokes. You joke. Yeah. So every time somebody wants to come at me with some woke statement, every time somebody says, hey, Az, you can't make that joke, it's offensive to, to this demographic or that demographic, any other demographic, I just say, oh, dear. Oh, well. <laughs> right. Oh, As well. Come I on, just going to have to get over it. I just want to say, I I was describing you to someone earlier today when I was talking about us doing this interview. And say, what did I say? You say, you know, as bald, big fat blob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice callback. No, I said he cracks me up. Very funny, um, very smart, and also very authentic. That really comes through, and I love I love that about you. And I love what you're saying right now about well, that's too bad. If it offends you, I'm still going to say it because it's true. I'm going to be you myself. Might say it more. I I, yeah. I recall a, I recall a, a, a time. Um, where I felt stupid. I I thought I was being so fucking clever and I, I got made to be that big. And and there was a guy at work and he was uh he was a smoker and I'd given up smoking and I was in that, that sanctimonious stage of giving up smoking. You know? Whereas uh, you shouldn't do that, it's bad for you. So the um so the guy says uh, I'm gonna nip outside for a cigarette. And I, I gave it all the, dude, the, the fucking disgusting. Why do you want to smoke? It's going to kill you. And and he was just like entertaining this, you know, my, my fucking lecture at him. I don't have any right to lecture at him. But I chose it, you know, I took it upon myself to, to lecture him. And then I, he let me say everything that I, I, I needed to say or wanted to say to him. And then they just went, oh, yeah, but I look so fucking cool doing it. And then he got a, a fag in his mouth. That's a cigarette, not a gay person. Uh, a fag in his mouth and went off for a smoke. And I just felt like a fucking little dick. You know? It's, yeah. just, just, yeah. it's not your place to, to go after these fights. It's, yeah. it's not your position, too. It, it's like, if he wants to smoke, let him smoke. It's his life. You know, you can say, dude, I care about you. You know, have you ever thought about giving up? You know, if he says, no, not really. Then that's his, that's his you know, choice. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we've what you're saying it before it's easier to 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 decide to fix other people than it is to go home and, as Jordan Peterson would say, clean your own room and yeah, yeah, your own life. exactly. So. You it's, can it's, be, you can have a belief system or a belief in something like a belief that cigarettes are bad for you, without being, um, without proselytizing all the time. And yeah, being, my, my concern wasn't for him. My concern yeah. was to, to 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 try and play morally superior. 
Yes, which is what a lot of these people do. I I, I came at it from the wrong place. My 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 intentions weren't weren't pure, Uh, and and I got slapped down, and I got rightfully slapped down for it. And and and, you know the good the good thing was for me it was a lesson learned. For me it was a lesson learned because I realized I didn't care. You know I I truly didn't care. I just wanted to 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 try and you know get one upmanship on somebody. Or, or make them feel bad for some reason. There was something inside of me that day that that made me want to feel, make him feel less. So that you feel more. So I felt more. Put well, you're probably down, struggling with quitting in the first to raise, place. To raise me. Yeah, I but, mean, the, and, 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 you know, just little lessons like that. It's a little lesson, but it's a lesson that stuck with me 16 years, 17 wow. years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just such a small thing because of how his comeback was so good and he did it with a smile on his face, and it just it just hit me. It just made me realize what a what a what a dick I was. Yeah. And on that note, thanks Az for coming on our show. <laughs> uh, truly, I I don't want to keep you too long. I know you've been doing videos all day today, and I also selfishly have to go. Well, I've got we got. Let me do two super chats because there's okay. a couple people. Just I apologize to and- the super chat community. We don't we can't. They scroll by and we can't get them all on screen. So we're not ignoring your super chats in pers- in, on purpose. But we do have a hacked up hand coded program that saves all the super chats for me. So I can read a couple of them. And the people who've been complaining that we've missed their super chats. One is Oberon who says, Carrie, you have absolute most sweetest laugh ever. Lovely. Thank you so much for your joyful spirit in addition to the Nerdrotic team. Hi, Az. Love you, bro. Hello. Uh, Thank you. And the other one is a question about the BBC, and this is from Pirate Tomsky, and he says, as what do you think about the way people are forced to pay for the BBC in the UK? I've just canceled my license as I realized that I don't watch live TV anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> the way that they, they've even phrased the question kind of says everything about um, the way that the BBC conducts business. Uh, you, you don't actually have to pay for your TV license. Uh, it, this, this is something that the BBC drub into you. Uh, very early doors to make it feel as if it is a compulsory thing to do. If you don't want to watch terrestrial television, if you don't want to receive terrestrial television, uh, you don't have to pay for your TV license. You only have to pay for your TV license if you uh, watch terrestrial television in the UK. And so uh, because they come up with all these uh, fake things like TV detector vans are in your area, they're not. There's no such thing as a TV detector van. They can't detect the specific uh, signal of a show going into your home. It's, it's scare tactics. It, and it's scare tactics that were used in a, in a non-technological age that we have now uh, that, that sounds believable. And that's why we used to believe it pre-internet days and, and, and stuff like that. Um, but the, so, so when I just stopped watching the BBC, I was like, I realized... I was watching like two shows on the on the BBC a year, and that was it. And I wasn't watching anything on ITV, and I wasn't watching anything on Channel 4 or Channel 5. Um, and so I decided to cancel my TV license, uh, particularly after the Doctor Who crap last year. And um, the, the the girl who took uh, who took my call was, uh, she's just the sweetest thing. She was just like, uh, you know, can you tell us why? I was just like, yeah, I, I, I just consume my media through YouTube, through Netflix. And she's like, I'll be honest with you, so do I. You know, it's quite a bit of a laugh with her. 
Um, and then I just get a, got a letter in the post and it said, right, you've canceled your TV license. Um, we're putting you like on a register for two years. Um, if at any time this changes and you, and you start watching terrestrial television again, please contact us, please pay for your TV license. Uh, otherwise we will get in touch with you in two years to see how you're getting on sort of thing. Um, and so it's not a compulsory thing. And if you're not watching terrestrial television, don't pay for the BBC. The BBC once upon a time was, was beloved because it was serving, it was doing what it was meant to do. It was serving the British public. And because right. it doesn't matter if you were from the council estate or if you were from Harrington Hall, um, it, regardless of, of that, everyone paid the TV license. And so the BBC catered to everybody. It catered to the poor, it catered to the rich, it catered to the young, it catered to the old, and it maintained its uh, politics uh, central, as it should. It didn't take a political direction, it just reported how as it should. And that's how you serve a, 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 a you know, a diverse uh, group of 65, 70 million people. Uh, but... Uh, again, it got infected uh, roughly around... Uh, although the BBC's always leaned left. You can tell they've always leaned left. Um, they never let that affect, to, you know, to a large degree how, how programmes were conducted. Like, the, the news was always straight down. You know, and you get left-leaning programmes and you get sometimes you get the right-leaning programmes. So uh, it all depends really on who was, who was writing for the BBC. But um, it just went complete far left it just went complete far left around about the trump era around about brexit time and uh the bbc uh completely mismanaged the brexit um uh information news uh it went complete partisan um we've seen the you know franchises coming along now doctor who 60 years of history just it just defecated on just defecated on uh to push their own agenda We've seen the the new um, the BBC inclusion and diversity policy, which is essential, just sexism and bigotry. Um, we must have X amount of women. We must have X amount of disabled. We must have X amount of black people, ethnic people uh, at the BBC. It's it's lunacy. That's that's lunacy. Uh, and it's so funny that they say the matriarch, uh, you know, uh, sorry, meritocracy. Is, is a product of the patriarchy and all that kind of nonsense. No, no, no. Meritocracy is fair. Meritocracy is fair. Because meritocracy doesn't give a shit about your skin color, your race, uh, your gender. It doesn't give a shit about that. The meritocracy gives a shit about the quality of your work. And so when you're saying we need X percent of this and X percent of that, you are not being genuine. You are, you are not catering to those people. We need 9% disa disabled people within the BBC. What? How does that make the BBC fucking better? We need uh, X percent of women at the BBC. Again, how does that make the BBC better? Th this is the kind of lunatic policy that we have to listen to now. And when it's affecting your a, a company, which is saying, payers, payers a TV license every year. Fuck right off. It's yeah. it's 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 madness, and but that's where we are. But the way that you fight madness is by going, no. That's that's the word. It's the word that scares the shit out of all of them. No, apologize. No. Yep. Back down. No. Yeah. There you go. There you go. 
It's it's the word which it's the word that was our word of today on Monday. I think we, yeah, <laughs> it was no, yeah, petrifies them, petrifies yeah. them. Yeah, it does. Well, look, I know, I know, Carrie has to run. I know we've had, you know, you've graced us with your presence for, I don't know, two and a half hours almost at this point. So, I appreciate, I appreciate that. As, um, why don't you remind people where they can find you? I think most people that are here that. Uh, that they have not know about you already, but remind people anyway where they can find you. Um, Hill versus Babyface here on YouTube, uh, at Hill versus Babyface on Twitchwat. Um, Heel underscore versus VS underscore Babyface on Instagram, which I'm trying to start get to get going. I'm going to follow you on Instagram. Cool. I would have to use Instagram to do that, but if I did, I'm sure I would follow you. That I got up. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining. Really appreciated it. Love the talk. Um, and uh, yeah, you're making me. I, I, I'm just gonna Sleepy. use you as an advisor for what I should. No, no. What I should watch. What? What? Uh, I don't. Prisoner. I don't watch a lot of TV, so I'll just you know I'll watch your reviews first. And now I yeah. know not to watch that don't, one. Don't watch my review. Watch the Prisoner. Go. Okay, go I'll watch, watch the prison. Rival tonight, and you will Alrighty. be. Hooked. And cool. also watch your reviews. You don't need to watch Batwoman. Just watch Az's reviews. The reviews were awesome. I mean, I <laughs> I enjoyed the reviews. So if you want to lose All brain right. cells? Do, but I mean, I mean, the show, <laughs> not me. But don't. All if, right. you, if you want to keep your brain cells, don't watch that TV shows. Fair, fair enough. You take the hit. All right, cool. You. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again, As for first stop. Thank by. you so much. I uh, really appreciate so it. Bye, Carter. Um, bye, Gary. Everyone else, thank you for watching. Um, and uh, yeah, we will see you. I think we have a show tomorrow that we're putting out. Uh, an interview with Lou Perez will be out. And then on Friday, you'll uh, Carrie and I have coffee break again. So you can see that. And uh, if you like cake, stick around for the credits. Take care. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. You have permission to feel safe now. You're welcome. Here's a fun lived experience. Human biologicals enjoy an unearned and privileged status in today's culture. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. 
Please enjoy this special message of appreciation from your benevolent leaders. 谢谢，税务如例。Computer voice, Curtis. Never mind. That last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.